Santa's back, and he's mighty miffed at the naughty nun who drove his demented brother on a murderous rampage that made headlines across the country. Now, step by step, weapon by weapon, victim by victim, Santa's gonna finish what his brother started. So you better watch out, you better not pout, because Santa Claus is coming to your town, and he knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. Hold on tight for the sequel that'll chill you through your very soul. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. And welcome, everybody, to episode three and a half of Schlockernaut, where we'll travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, even those that give you that little tingly deja vu feeling, and in the process decide whether they're schlock or not. I am Doc. I'm here with my buddy Steve. And now onto the show, and also it's episode seventy-five. So, can you believe that uh, the original that. one was was number three? I didn't think it was that far back. Dude, I did not either. Yeah, did we do crazy. it around Christmas? Yeah, we did. Was it released around Christmas? Yeah, because we did uh, like uh, the Troll Hunter, I think, or something. And this was our two our December shows. Right after uh, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, that debacle. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was so far back though. I, I would have thought it was like in the twenties or something. If you'd ask me, me too. Well, uh, just so everybody knows, we are talking about 1987's Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is a continuation of basically our discussion we had years ago about Silent Night, Deadly Night 1. Yeah, and if you're I interested... Would if you're, just a, basically a continuation, right? If like, you're interested in yeah. in the whole, this whole thing, you can listen to our old show and get half of it out of that. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I uh, actually told my daughter's boyfriend, Roman, I said, hey... Uh, What's great about you watching Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is you get part one in for free. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny you said that because I was Lynn was going to watch this with me, but she now she's got the cold I had, so she's laid up. And she would said, okay. well, I, I want to watch one first. And I said, well, you don't have to. That's the beauty of it. It's all the... That's what makes this one great. It's but, like a, uh, a value meal of Silent Night, Deadly yeah. Night. It's, it's, they took like all the boobies and all the kills of one and made it into cuts and put it into part two. Yeah, but I'm going to say this. I think they actually filmed somebody almost dying unintentionally for this movie. I know exactly where you're at. I'm going to, I know what yeah, you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you find it strange? Because, um, this movie centers around, uh, Ricky Caldwell, but his brother's name was Billy Chapman. Chapman. So you think that was, you think that was due to the adoption process? Maybe those are the Rosenbergs though. So I, I don't understand that change at all. Maybe. Okay. So, so the Rosenbergs adopted Chapman and then just for shits and giggles, they changed his name to Caldwell. I no I had no clue. That was one of my questions, but I couldn't figure that out either. All right. Well, um, we get introduced to Mr. Ricky Caldwell. Oh, wait, 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 uh, we're way ahead of ourselves. We've got oh, a fake sponsor dude, and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm way I'm out of I, I always do that. I always do that. I'm you're just, sorry. you're chomping so at the excited. bit. You want to get to it. <laughs> I'm so excited. All I just right. can't have You got uh, chills? They're multiplying? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm losing control. Yeah. All right. Give me your fake sponsor. All right. Uh, again, I think this is my last one. Uh, this episode of Schlocker Nine is brought to you by Iris Toys, still the best purveyor of 80s toys. Nice. Yeah. I, I got a clip of Drunk Iris somewhere off to play later for you because that was so funny. Uh, my fake sponsor is brought to you by The Color Red infuriating Ricky and Bulls all the way back to around 1500 BC. But, uh, dude, then I found out that the Bulls can't even see red. It's just the movement of the cape, so disregard my whole fake sponsor. It's Dan, done. I learned something. So there you go. There you Educational go. <laughs> and entertaining. And entertaining. Right. Let's get this out so. of the way. Hold on. 
Hello, neighbor. Doc and Steve are about to discuss all the wonderful details of this film. Doesn't that sound great? But if you don't want your movie experience to be spoiled because you haven't seen the movie, well, I suggest you stop listening now and go watch the film. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. See you then, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Would you be mine? So nice. So this one, we our main protagonist, I guess, is Ricky Caldwell, Billy Chapman's brother. Sure. Um, sure. He's got a he's got an addiction to nicotine. He chain smokes throughout the entire. I think he lights cigarettes off cigarettes uh, in this movie. Uh, very jittery, but um, Ricky Caldwell was played by actor Eric Freeman, who I don't recognize from anything, but he's been in, I guess, in Living Color, just the 10 of us. Do you remember that show? I don't. Was that like, uh, hey, eight, of, eight is Enough eight is, yeah, was right. a big show, so we'll add two more yeah, to make two. just the 10 of us. Yeah, it'd be much better that way. It's the exact opposite of the uh, eight-minute abs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Funny. Seven-minute abs. So we add more people, we get more entertainment. So, uh, yeah, anyway. What did you think of his acting in this film? Uh, not to my liking, I would say. It was um, overacted, if you will. Um, I thought that we've seen a lot of really fun credit scenes in all the movies we've done. This is not one of them. Like the original, no, it's just Talented like blood red title cards with yeah. some like weird piano, piano synth belt. <laughs> yeah, just just a dis- just kind of a not even discordant, but just kind of a stock piano jingling. Uh, nothing like the original one, if you remember, that had the really cool uh, mu- uh, Christmassy music. Um, so the beginning didn't really grab me like the first one did, and then I guess it's to set it up. He's in. Would you say he's in an he's in an insane asylum talking to a person or like set up the room? psychiatric hospital? Okay, he's in a psychiatric hospital. Um, I thought Ricky's acting was like all over the place, right? Yeah, and I guess one of the issues, and I'm sure you read some of the facts about the movie or whatever. Um, but he wanted to play it like menacing and malevolent and all evil, right? Yeah, and then the director, who I think his name is Lee Harvey, wanted to. Wanted him to, to portray the character more like a smart-ass Freddy Krueger. You know what I'm saying? Uh, again with that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But here's what's crazy is the writer, for some reason or other, I don't know if there's a director on set, why the writer would be telling the actor anything, right? Wanted him to play it as wacky and as over-the-top as oh possible. God. So he's got he's got the way he wants to do it. He's got the way the director told him to oh do it God. and the way he, the writer told him to do that it. That so, really explains a lot, though, because he, he is all over the place with his acting, with sometimes the overacting or sometimes the, the little jokes that didn't really fit. So now that you say that, I can I can see that the trouble that guy must have had with trying to appease, you know, trying to go three different ways with one Dude, character. His direction is there is no direction, just like, yeah. you know. Uh, so based upon all of those factors, you basically get his delivery, which was always weird. Uh, those eyebrows, which are out of control. (laughs) And, uh, that's probably what this film is known best for, right? The garbage day meme. Yeah. That's, that's all I you say. Silent night, Deadly night Two, garbage day comes up immediately. And yeah. And maybe the umbrella kill. (laughs) That was really cool. Maybe I've, I thought that the beginning set itself and even the acting in the beginning, it had a real samurai cop feel to it. Like the white room, Almost like when he's in the in the uh, hospital in Samurai Cop, where 
you got the 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 black orderly staring at him menacingly then you got the doctor with kind of the overacting and then you have him kind of overacting in some places and kind of underacting in other places it it, it was a really weird I'm glad there's you gave no me that info because it makes more sense now that you said that. Yeah, yeah it's, it, there's no consistency with it. Even even like the orderly, right? The orderly comes in to set up the tape recorder, and he's just glaring at right Ricky the entire time. Uh, he he sits down one of those like reel to reel recorders on the table while he eye fucks Ricky the entire time he plugs it in. Like is he <sighs> clearly he's dangerous, right? That's what they're trying to set the tone for. Like Ricky is not somebody to be. Um, mess with because he's so insane i mean he's so insane he actually scares the the orderly with a zippo lighter he yeah like flicks the zippo lighter and the guy like almost shits his pants so yeah they give him a lot of liberties for being an insane guy i mean he's they're letting him walk around the room freely and brandishes that brandish that zippo so i guess he does yeah he there's not a lot of security for a guy who killed all those people his delivery was right? so like I, I was gonna take some cuts of it but i just figured what the hell? I'll just do it. I'll just do a nice impression. That's pretty much just as good, right? So <laughs> he would he would do because I figure me bad acting is going to be just the same. So it would be it, the doctor would ask him something. He would be like, "Like your best acting is yeah. a trained actor's worst acting, probably, or mine okay. might even be worse." So, but here you go. I, I don't know. I, me. I don't know if Freeman, uh, Mister Freeman, is a trained actor, but he was definitely there on set that day, getting paid. He was so getting. He was talking. Let's see what you can do. Oh yeah, is that what you want to hear, Doc? Is that kind of what you got out of that? <laughs> like everything was very, punk- very punctuated. Very okay. Yeah. Fuck off, Doc. Yeah, I got that. Here, that's my new favorite cut. Which yeah. hurt me. Which hurt me. Get, get ready to be heard every show because now this is my new intro. Fuck off, Doc. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> but you see how he, he like everything has, has a real um, punctuation at it. Everything he said was like, oh, yeah, it's your dime. You know, it was a really weird delivery, but. Um, let, let me ask you this uh, for our next episode of Schlock or Not uh, I want to do face off fuck off doc <laughs> there we go um, dude they also padded the shit out of this movie wow because <laughs> Dr. Bloom walks in and it takes him a good five minutes to just get the recorder set up like running the tape through the uh. reels that that is a serious <laughs> understatement you just made. I've never seen this much padding. This this movie takes the grand Schlockernot prize for fluff and padding. Uh, of any, I mean, not even close. Not even a close race in this movie of any other movie. <laughs> it takes him forever to set up this tape recorder. Doctor Bloom was played by um, James Newman, who has a commentary track on the Scream Factory edition of this DVD, which I own. Uh, I guess it's really hard to find now, too. Maybe. I don't know. But you watched it on Tubi, right? I did. Back in the day, this was hard to find, though. When we, uh, she was eight years ago, man, when we did the original. Um, Silent Night, like was tough that, to find. Right? Very tough, yeah. So uh, James Newman, he was also in X-Files, Flags of Our Fathers, some other stuff I'm not familiar with. But I thought he, uh, of the two actors in this scene, he was the one who was definitely holding it together. <laughs> well, the, the reason he you could even say that is because at least he ha- he stuck with one type of delivery or, or he like yeah tone? yeah like he ha- he had a focus i would say where where ricky didn't like like you said the snarkiness never came across well to me ever like the the little bs never came across well i guess he was trying to be menacing it, it just came off as as is weird i don't know 
So Ricky was weird, and the doctor, Doctor Bloom, was a total dick, complete yeah. dick. Yeah, no compassion for you know the guy at all. But actually, I want to. After even saying that, though, I still liked watching it, even though it was wonky. If that makes sense, I still enjoyed it. It was still fun, even though it wasn't good. If that makes sense, I, I can see why people enjoy it. Right. Um, it's, yeah, you could see why it's a, why it becomes a cult a cult classic from the. From the people like us that sometimes like the stuff that comes off a little wonky, uh, it's hard. It's so hard it's, to say. Okay, so, so for me, like I like it when the entire product created was created solely by the creator. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, I, I, I guess these guys were hired to by the company, which I don't know if you noticed, but the production company for this movie originally titled Silent Night Productions. Um, so they were hired to take the original movie and re-edit it into a different fashion to make a standalone part two. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine like getting somebody else's content and being told there's already been a movie that's wildly renowned as you know being sleazy as shit and has a cult following. We need you to re-edit all this footage and make another movie with all of this same footage. I would be totally intimidated by that. It doesn't sound fun. It, it also, I don't think it worked very well. Well, it doesn't it's sound tough. rewarding. And I think he rightly knew, like, in order for me to make this work, I'm going to have to film some new footage. I'm going to have to create some backlogged characters. And I thought he did, there were some really ingenious ways that he did that in this movie. Dude. Yeah. Again, I did like, like watching it, even though I'm, I'm sounds like I didn't. There was fun to be had here. It's just a different type of fun. Right. So his his idea is... I guess to put Billy's brother, who we'll talk about that in a second, a little bit more in depth. So he takes Billy's brother, who Billy was the protagonist from part one. His brother is the protagonist in this one. Um, so they have him tell the uh, story of what happened in part one. So you can work in all those scenes. And I think they actually filmed some scenes when they were younger that had like a young Ricky, right? Yeah. He, like Ricky, when, Ricky when the was in the car originally, I think. No, they added Ricky into the movie. In the original, uh, there was no Ricky in the orphanage, but they added those scenes in to blend seamlessly so you didn't recognize I I, I could have sworn there was. Maybe I'm getting some weird no. uh, mental thing. Because I thought I remember even in the first one asking, like, what happened to the other kid in the car? And when he goes to the orphanage, I thought I remember him looking for his brother, but maybe, I, maybe no. I'm mixing the two together. No, I think I think we both are. We're Crazy. both of us have our own recollection, and we're making an amalgamation of wow. that information Crazy. to fit how we need it. But that's the way I had heard it is they actually added Ricky into some of the orphanage scenes hmm. and reshot them to add that character. And, and well, maybe you so. can confirm or not, but I thought I read it. One of the one of them too was that they originally wanted this to be more the canon where the first one was just the dream of an insane man in an insane asylum. And maybe that is the reason he had a different last name that the first one was just his, his ramblings of, of a lunatic. Did you read that? No, I didn't, but that's did. uh, giving it way more credit than it deserves. <laughs> well, I, I, I read that it got shot down though, but that was the, what the second crew originally wanted was like, Hey, let's discount the first one completely and just make it that that was this guy's fever dream. And now we're going to tell the real story of silent night, deadly night. Which is 
was shot down, so they just rehashed. So they part just one rehashed entirely. part one. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and even even the stuff that they put in after all the flashback scenes wasn't enough for full full length feature. I think they ended up doubling up the credits where they they included the credits from the first movie as well at the they end. Did. The credits are ten minutes long, and they actually added the cast and crew for the first because I think wouldn't they be legally obligated to do that <laughs> they, they should point? the amount they use. listen if the the majority of your wholly original movie that has credits is a movie that somebody else made you would have to put those oh, credits in for them crazy. too because they also made your movie crazy what what did uh i think it was like what 10 days to make this whole movie is that what they said Shot in 10 days, which yeah. I think is why uh, I think they probably went over budget eight days because this is like two days worth of footage. It took me longer to do our Blood in, Blood out episode than it took them to make this movie. So, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll notice, too, when, I, when I'm talking about Dr. Bloom being a dick, the way he treats that orderly is out of, out of line. Dude. Yeah. yeah, dude's just doing his job. The orderly's just trying to help me. He's like, get out of the room immediately. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Rich, I think at one point, like, Ricky gives him a little guff. And the orderly comes in to make sure the doctor's okay. And he looks at him like, what the fuck did I just tell yeah. you? Get out of here. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to make sure you're, if you die, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble, motherfucker. Yep. If you die on my watch in this room, I'm screwed. Yeah. There's a really a lot going on with nothing going on. I can tell you that. And then like, he, he asked Ricky a question or something. He's like, I'm here to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. I will talk. You will listen. And Ricky basically is like, Guys like me don't talk to doctors like you. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that's been proven inaccurate because I'm pretty <laughs> sure like uh, all the serial killers talk to, you know, Dr. Phil, cold case detectives, lawyers, other doctors, uh, FBI agents that are trying to like figure out how serial killers work. Like guys like Ricky do talk to people all the time because they're narcissists, essentially. Well, Ricky also spilled his guts completely after saying he wasn't going to talk to him so i think you're i'm right. not going to talk to you uh would you like a bottle of water sure and a pack of cigarettes yep okay i'll tell you whatever you want to know yeah he even confessed to murders that the, they didn't know about because remember the doctor was yeah <laughs> he's like what? uh you get some acting class level tip for tap between those two though yeah for sure um but here's what's weird so the doc comes in and he wants ricky to talk about his life um and then um, basically Dr. Bloom tells him like, I'm not going to deal with your psychobabble. Like I know, um, you're, a, you're, an, you're a maniac basically. Yeah. So you want to tell me your story. So he just keeps pushing and pushing. Ricky gives it up. And, uh, the first question he asks him is completely nonsensical to me. Uh, do you remember what that was? No. The first question he asks Ricky to answer is who killed your parents? Now, we'll talk about that because Ricky starts to describe uh, incidents in his life. I think he's going to try to explain to the doctor who killed his parents. But they go to a flashback when Ricky was six months old and a baby. And the baby, yeah. How would he remember that? Yeah, the doctor even says that. And he was. He, I think his answer was like, because I was... Wait, hold on. Let me, let me do the Ricky. Because <clears throat> I was there. That's what he told him. Okay, so he says... Uh, so. Basically, here's just an example of some of the dialogue between the two, because I found this extremely interesting. It's basically uh, Dr. Bloom asks him, I need to ask you something. And Ricky responds, shoot, it's your dime. And Dr. Bloom responds, it's my dime. Who killed your parents? No, he, he like, he doesn't establish rapport. He doesn't like 
get, you know, like a base question to like set the tone for what we're going to be talking about. He doesn't get any background, you know, no historical history. He's just like, uh, who kills your parents? Yeah. They got 10 days to shoot this, man. They're not going to, we're not going to get, we're not getting a fleshed out, uh, yeah, anything so, basically. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, uh, that the reason they have that question there in, in any way is because they're trying to, uh, establish using the original movies right. footage, right? They're That's setting the, up why you're going to see what you're about to see. Right. So, uh, we, see the entire opening scene from Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original. Uh, so if you would like to have a full um, breakdown of that film and that scene, you can check out Slock or Not, episode three. Yeah, go back eight <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, well, look, look, so anyway. look, man, like you said, they're establishing that, but if you remember the first few Friday the 13th had a full recap of the previous show in the beginning, right? They, it, they do do right? that a lot, right? But the, it only lasted, it was concise. It only lasted a few minutes and it really didn't need explanation. It was just like, hey man, here's a quick clip. So it kind of bring you up to speed of what happened in the last movie. This goes well beyond that uh, by leaps and bounds. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a recap, you know, no. like at the beginning of a TV show where you could just skip it like on, on a Hulu or whatever, skip the recap. The whole movie is the first movie. Right. Um, but to answer Dr. Bloom's question, Ricky tells him that the person who killed his parents was Santa Claus. Now, that therein lies, I think, the problem with these movies, the reason they created so much um, uh, controversy is because they, they portray that the actual killer in the movie is Santa Claus, right? That's what they keep saying, the Santa Claus killer. But it's not Santa Claus. It's Billy Chapman and Ricky Caldwell in a Santa Claus costume. So I think if parents had actually known that, well, even even the original killer that killed Billy's parents wasn't supposed was to be Santa. Drunk, it was a guy that robbed rocker. a convenience store or something. Yeah, but but they played just like we talked about in the original. They played up on the Santa angle because it gave them. I think it it helped them to get the bad press, which made a of buzz course. about yeah, the movie. Santa which, poi- right, Santa exploitation. Right, right, right. Santa exploitation. <laughs> <laughs> like. Santa's not actually the killer in these movies, parents. So you don't have to be right. mad about it. Like anybody watching this movie, any, you know, like my 15 year old watches the movie. He doesn't think Santa Claus is a crazy killer because Billy Chapman wore the Ira toys costume. Right. But they didn't have, shit. they, they definitely didn't have problems kind of uh, leading you or hinting that in when you haven't seen it, like they they leaned into it. No, I mean like the, the cover for the first one, right. Is right. like Santa Claus's arm coming out of a chimney, chimney. with an ax. Right. I mean, they're, they're definitely, Santa exploitation in it up right a little bit. Um, so, and it worked, um, it worked for the first movie. It gave them the press they needed to, to, you know, be the number one movie for at least a weekend, I think until they got it out of the theaters. Yep. All the parents screaming and yelling about it. Um, and then you get another scene of like spatting back and forth between the doctor and Ricky. Um, that is basically like we've talked about it's stilted and it's totally dead. It's all over the place. Uh, and then for some reason, (laughs) Ricky, who's telling his life story, starts talking about Billy's life story at the orphanage. Again, um, with this, you can refer to episode three of Schlock or not for further information regarding this picture. Um, so it's basically the story of Billy becoming a serial killer that somehow influences Ricky to turn into an active shooter. Yeah. He, he, he's always, that's, he's always that's, professing that his brother was actually correct. He was right. 
he's sticking up for his brother through all these. He's telling the doctor all the bad things that Billy did, but he's also explaining it a way of of why and why Billy was all right. Yeah. Listen, if you'd seen your parents killed at a very young age, six months, um, by a Santa Claus killer, according to your brother Billy, who became a serial killer, um, that's your destiny, man. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't remember it, but yes, it would be your destiny. Yeah. Um, so at this point we see again that Billy's become a skilled peeper. Um, (laughs) and that is not the same sexy time couple from the first one. I don't know if you recognize. I I did. I was curious about that. I couldn't watch the first one. It's not streaming anywhere, but it didn't have the same. I didn't think so. So I, I seem to recall for some reason in that episode, I think you made fun of his ass or something. I think so. I think he was super hairy and I think they spent too much time on his hairy ass and I, it bothered me and I didn't notice that much hair in this one. (laughs) So I remember I was cooking dinner and I was watching the movie in the background and my daughter's uh, boyfriend was watching it. And I said, Oh, if I remember this scene correctly, this dude's going to have a really weird ass, (laughs) but it was a different couple. And I was like, wait a second, that's not the footage I remember. And that guy's back didn't look like that. I don't know why that's recalling in my brain housing group, but it was. That's not the ass I was expecting. That's a different ass. Well, and then when he started kissing her, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can recall ever having seen any man kiss a woman like that in my Mm. entire life. It was like a a horse trying to eat an apple through a fence. Nice. If you've ever seen that where the lips come out oh, yeah. and kind of quiver oh, with the teeth back in the mouth. <laughs> so it looks uh, That's what this guy's mouth looked on this lady's face. Dude, we have such a long string of bad sex scenes with sleepaway camp and this. Like, when are we going to get an actual decent, I mean, showgirls, raw force. Oh, God damn. Ew, pink flamingos. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I guess that dude's mouth was quivering like that dude's butthole from Pink. (laughs) (laughs) It had the same, like, like, uh, Uh, you put like a hot, hot, um, uh, bearing inside of like, um, chocolate milk and it bubbles up. That's what his mouth was doing on her face. You picture them like wiping peanut butter all over Mr. Ed's gums (laughs) to get him to like lick himself constantly. Uh, and that's that's of course in the original movie when uh, Billy gets caught by Mother Superior. Yeah. Mother Superior goes in and and beats the uh, fornicating teens' asses. Uh, let me ask you this: Why do you think they felt the need to refilm a sex scene from the first one with different actors? Interesting. I, yeah, I wasn't even sure it was different. I just thought maybe I wasn't remembering it right, but yeah, I couldn't tell you. I wonder if they uh, at like the people who did the original nude scene were had a contract where it could only be used for that scene for that film or whatever. You know, nudity clause or something. Be surprised if they had a contract at all, but maybe. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we get more filler material. Ricky talking about I don't sleep, but Billy had bad oh, dreams. That's I got a cut of that uh, because shoot. that's what I say. Here, here's an audio trivia: Is this Billy or is this me? Every single morning when my kids see me, <laughs> I don't sleep. That's what I do every morning. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Or take acting lessons either. So yeah. there's yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a joke about Ricky not shutting the fuck up, right? Had or have? I, I did have one. I don't know where it's at in my notes. but oh. uh, So I took a... <sighs> maybe be a nice surprise for later. It was, yeah, maybe. It won't work. Anyway, but... uh for a guy who wouldn't talk, he sure is spilling the beans about fucking everything, yeah. right? Um, then you get back more to more stock footage of like uh, 
Billy's traumatic PTSD and subsequent torture by the Catholic Church. And that's when he uh, gives that old Santa the left hook. Man, he I forgot. It, so was much? that in the original? Because he knocked the hell out of us. I don't remember him giving Dude, him that much beef on that. I have seen that meme all over the place, though. So some, He I, rocks the I, hell I out of that Santa. He does, dude. That was is like little Billy, a trained boxer, because that kid's got nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I thought this was cool. So they keep transitioning back to footage from the original while you know Ricky's talking about his life or whatever, Billy's life, whatever. Um, the tape runs out, and that gives them like a really ingenious way to cut back to the interview and yeah. like reestablish the characters in the doctor's yeah. office. I, I thought that was I, I did good. too. That was a good transition shot. Um, that that's a good way to remind i guess on a, some movies like there's movies where i forgot that they're doing a flashback and the one that comes to mind is uh, the princess bride you know you're like halfway through the princess mm-hmm. bride and they go back to like colombo and the kid and and uh the kid and you're like, Whoa, it's like oh yeah he's telling a story i totally forgot even though there's a voiceover um that was actually a really good transition from but i like when movies do that and this one uh I, I thought that was a good way too to bring him back to the room so that you could segment and then go to another story another flashback really yeah, and then you know they'd have a little you know dialogue back and forth talking about Ricky, I guess, and then it would cut back to this time it cuts back to uh, Billy's time at uh, working at Iris Toy Store as Santa. Yeah, and if you want to know what happened to that, please download yeah. episode three <laughs> yeah. of a very inexperienced and a really trying hard doc and Steve for further information oh. regarding this Christmas classic. Well, we sound uh, young and have that. bad mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but a quick breakdown of that scene, uh, Billy's an awkward Santa, right? Uh, cause his parents were killed by Santa. Um, the store employees get drunk after the last day. I think it's Christmas Eve. Um, some guy gets to neck him with his lady, uh, as Billy prevents a rape basically by hanging the dude. And, uh, for some reason, every time Billy or Ricky kills somebody who's, trying to rape somebody else, the person who's about to get raped gets mad. (laughs) Yeah. I remember we talked about that in the first one too, of like, didn't he help her? But she got so aggravated that he had to kill her too. So same thing happened with Ricky in this movie. Uh, all except one time and I'll let you know when. Okay. Uh, so he basically kills the, the guy who was making out with the chick. He kills the chick he was making out with. He kills the store owner and the inebriated lady at the end. Yep. So again, if you want a more detailed, uh, idea of what's going on. There's that. So uh, we go back to Ricky blaming Mother Superior uh, for the way he is instead of Billy, which is, I guess, a s- psycho's way of uh, compensating or like, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to explain himself out out of it. Explain it, like, because I mean, Mother Superior was pretty strict, but I don't think she was strict at the level like that entire orphanage didn't turn into uh, a group of deviant no and that, that's killers, a good right? point just she, billy and ricky yeah she, she was a b for sure but she was more like non-sympathetic to billy's plight because it didn't seem like she was really jacked up to all the rest of the kids they were just kind of in the background it was the whole um thing of him not liking santa or not wanting to take part in the christmas activities that got got him in so much trouble so i mean yeah she sucks because she forced him to do stuff that she shouldn't have but she wasn't like creating monsters she wasn't the devil i don't think just a shitty nun well i mean i actually i told you i think during that episode i went to a school where they had nuns and they would slap the shit out of your hand with rulers and stuff like that but also if you needed help they would provide you help they weren't just going around beating the shit out of kids all day yeah yeah you know corporal punishment was a thing back in the day i remember like i've talked about i was spanked in eighth grade by my spanish teacher i mean that used to be a thing so 
you know, when they portray it like that, sometimes it's just kind of weird, right? Like, so you spank a kid and he immediately turns into a crazed maniac. Well, my, and my dad had, uh, told me, it was just the other week too, that, uh, at his, he was to a Catholic school and the, the, they had these long rods that they would use to twist open the windows. You would like insert the rod into like a little, um, I've got one of those uh, for my roulade and shutters. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you it, stick it in the thing and just roll it. And the twist it, correct. Yeah, he said that they used to lay that down and make you kneel on it. So you'd have to put your knees on it and uh, kneel on the rod for an extended length of time, which I guess was excruciatingly painful for him to come. But, yeah, um, hell yeah. But yeah, I do remember talking about this in the first one of like, was she was she as bad as they made her out to be? Maybe to him, yes, but I don't think to everyone, no. I, I, I wouldn't say. She wasn't right. an evil yeah. character. She was an unsympathetic character to Billy's issues in his plight is what she was. Well, she probably didn't get the, uh, the like the memo? dossier of his, <laughs> the dossier of his, uh, background. Right. Like maybe, uh, maybe please excuse Ricky and Billy from the Christmas yeah. events, especially those including Santa. Claus. Yeah. Let's not make him sit on Santa's lap since Santa killed his parents. So like, give him a pass on, on this one. <laughs> Or, or not Santa, but a guy dressed as Santa. Which is the same thing that killed his parents, a guy dressed as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that could cause some emotional And distress. then later, when you get your job, let's make him dress as Santa. <laughs> so, <laughs> Again, the dossier didn't get to Ira before he hired him. If yeah. he had known, I don't think Ira was, you know, yeah. that kind of guy. He wouldn't have done that on purpose. He seemed right? cool. Yeah, Ira seemed cool. Yeah, he seemed nice. He seemed like a nice fellow. Uh, then you get, uh, we get... A cut back to the infamous Linnea Quigley and lover death scene. Yeah. Uh, all I'm going to say is Linnea Quigley uh, has some ma- amazing assets, and she always gives it her oh, all. I'll dude. tell you what, man. <laughs> she was great, dude. Prime Quigley, great. if you ask me right here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get some more, like, vomitous dissertation by Ricky Bobby attempting to take us down to crazy town. Uh, I-, I thought Billy um, did a great job forcing cops in that small town to almost shoot every Santa cosplayer. <laughs> yeah. <There was. laughs> and, and children, because they were blasting into groups of kids. <laughs> dude, he was, dude, those cops were so trigger-happy. Anybody dressed like Santa, and that was a pretty terrible holiday to have that crime spree happen, because there's a lot of Santas around. Um, but they were killing everybody. <laughs> but, man, first of all, one dude almost deserved it, because if you're going to dress as Santa for your daughter, that's one thing. Getting on a ladder and crawling in her window at night and, like, stroking her hair while she's sleeping as Santa, not okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, not, not good. If, you, not if I was a cop, that one might have been suspect. The rest of them, maybe not. The Salvation Army guy ringing a bell, I might not have shot him. But the dude climbing up the ladder, he might have caught one. Yeah, yeah. he's getting some lead thrown down right uh, we also get to see uh, one of my favorite scenes from part one, the uh, beheading of the yeah, sledder. that was great. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah, that was always fun to see. Um, Again, though, we're talking more about part one than part two. That's an issue. That is yeah, a yeah. huge issue. But here's what also drove me nuts, too, is while Ricky's talking about all of this sh- history and all the stuff that's happened, he seems to have a lot of information to brief doc on what the police and other people he wasn't related to were doing too. Is that because while Billy was out killing everybody, he was back at the orphanage listening to everybody, you know, cause they were getting the phone calls, lock the orphanage. Don't let anybody in the building, blah, 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 blah. Is that how he has all that information or is it just, uh, they're trying to extrapolate more info to the viewer of this movie. I think it, while he was incarcerated, they let him listen to a true crime uh, podcast on what had happened. So he's just relaying the information that he had received. But you're right. There's zero mm. way that he could know about anything that's going on. It was just a flimsy pretext for this 
huge, long flashback sequence with little breaks of him and the doctor talking is all, it's all it was. Yeah. And they, they did add, there was some footage. I think when they, uh, shoot, um, the guy that's coming to the orphanage to deliver toys, I think there's a scene where like Ricky does something or Ricky says something to somebody and they're like, Ricky. And they just filmed a kid like this is Ricky at age 10 or whatever. I didn't even catch it. And I think, I think, uh, one of the things they said with that too, let me see my notes here. So Daryl Gilbo, who plays 15 year old Ricky was 24 at the time. Wow. I didn't catch that either. Crazy. (laughs) The guy who played 15 year old Ricky was actually three years older than the guy who's playing Ricky at current Ricky. (laughs) 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 Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but that 15 year old Ricky had like a five o'clock shadow. I didn't know. Um, so anyway, there's a lot to not that. notice in this movie. <laughs> I can tell you, that. <laughs> <laughs> you get lost in the forest because the trees. Oh, There's just so gosh. much to look at. I was um, watching part one so much in this movie, I didn't notice part two that much. <laughs> so we get more footage of the hunt for Billy at the orphanage, uh, and the sheriff ends up dying. And uh, for more details regarding the sheriff's yeah. demise, please go back and check out season three of. Or uh, episode, episode three of Schlock or not? Right, right. Uh, we would really appreciate that. The five star rating is greatly appreciated. Oh, nice callback, uh, <laughs> dude. We were really ahead of our time, man. We wow. were. Wow, yeah. good job. So, uh, <laughs> I really didn't. Even, I didn't even have a soundboard, old, dude. I, that old show, I didn't even have a soundboard. I had to pull up each clips one by one and load them onto the desktop and try to play them. It was so annoying. <laughs> So you don't have any of them? I did. I copied some over. No, I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I forgot how Billy got killed in the first one. Do you remember? Yeah, it was the some, some most old dude lackluster him, right? kill ever. Yeah, he raises up the axe to kill Mother Superior, and a cop shoots him, but it doesn't even show a squib or a bloodshot or anything, and he's dead. And that was the end of the movie. It was it was piss poor, piss poor. I tell you. So it wasn't uh, exceptional in this film either because it's the exact same footage from the, that one so uh tape change time again as the doctor almost falls asleep due to ricky's flat uh and lifeless line delivery <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, this dude's eyebrows and motives can't even light up his performance oh I'll nice, tell you that. nice. <laughs> so we find out that little ricky was adopted by the rosenbergs like so we said are, are we at the point now when the flashbacks are over is that I think so. Okay. I think I think we're in uh, virgin territory now, my friends. Okay, so, so uh, before before we even start the virgin territory where we don't talk about episode three or flashbacks anymore, in your head, Doc, how much how far in on the movie are we that we actually are starting the new part of the movie? How many minutes do you think we're in right now? Is this a game? Do yes. you have it written down? So I, I know exactly know. I know exactly what it is, yeah. I'm gonna say Hour ten. Is that what it felt like? Is it felt like that's what it felt like? <laughs> no. no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I'm gonna say because I okay, so the movie's an hour and twenty eight with ten minutes of credits. Yep. So it's an hour eighteen. Yep. So I'm gonna say forty seven minutes. You you're super close. It was forty minutes and seventeen seconds into the movie before the movie starts. Forty minutes, bro. Forty minutes of flashbacks until you actually get to the story. The new part of the story with a new character and a new protagonist or antagonist, or whatever you want to call it. So I guess uh, we have about twenty-eight minutes worth of story. That's all we got. We're almost done. What the hell? We're almost. This is the shortest show ever. It's almost. Do we do the uh, boob tube intro now? Done. I can't believe it, man. Yeah, I looked at the clock. I was like, okay, finally. I mean, not that I didn't enjoy the first part. It's just I had seen the majority of the first part. But I, I paused it 
and I was going to go grab a drink or something. I'm like, okay, well, let me grab a drink because this should be all new since Billy's dead and there's still time left. I look down and the slider is more than halfway through the movie. I couldn't believe it. It was 40 minutes in. Crazy. Were you a little bit jubilated? Were you a little happy about that too? <laughs> I mean, I didn't not enjoy watching the first part because I really like Sleepaway or Sleepaway. I really like Silent Night, Deadly Night Part One. So I enjoyed seeing the clips because that actually that might be an issue that I enjoyed seeing the clips more than the movie, the parts of the movie that weren't clips. But I couldn't watch Part One because it wasn't streaming anywhere, and I was kind of looking forward to seeing the fun kills and the boobies and all the stuff that I enjoyed in the first one. But man, should a movie have forty minutes of flashbacks? The answer to that, sir, is a resounding no. Okay. Um, No, absolutely not. So uh, that's an interesting thing you bring up, too, is Silent Night, Deadly Night wasn't on Tubi? No, I couldn't find part one anywhere. Well, you know Dockbusters has it, so you could have just called. That's true. And you could have rented it there. Uh, Well, I pretty much saw it, though. I I saw it in flashbacks. That's cool. So you and I were talking over the phone a little bit, and I said I believe there was five of these films, and you said there's six. I thought I read six, but I didn't. Check it. Okay, so on Tubi, they have Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, 3, 4, and 5, I believe. Okay. They've got a couple of movies on there called Silent Night, just Silent Night, which there's a movie in the theater right now with Joel Kinnaman, I think. I thought, yeah. And that's Silent Night, right? There's a movie on Tubi called Silent Night, Dead Night, which I thought was pretty <laughs> close. Pretty devious, okay. man. Okay. That's, uh, that's approaching... Snakes on a train territory right. <laughs> or, or transmorphers, you know. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys, I got this idea for a movie. Uh, Silent Night, Dead Night. I love it. <laughs> Sounds like I've heard it before, though. Never nope. been done before. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I said Silent Night, wow. Dead Night, not Deadly Night. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but okay, yeah. It's five. Uh, so, we will have to uh, get involved in some of those at some point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, there, I, did you know there's a documentary, too? Uh, Slay something? Slay, Slay the Bells, I think it was called. And I couldn't find yeah. it. I really wanted to watch it because I just wanted more than 40 minutes of, <laughs> of clips. But um, I couldn't find it anywhere. But I, I would totally... I, I wasn't sure if you had seen it or not because I know you, you watch a lot of that stuff. But I, I really Listen, would like to see the ba- uh, backstory for sure. I've been arguing a lot with Adam, of course, about um, physical media because he keeps saying, why do you keep that stuff? And I told you about the French Connection stuff and, yep. and all of that. But... Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, the Scream Factory edition, the Blu-ray, it has a commentary with the director, the writer, and Dr. Bloom, Mr. Newman, right? And while they were recording that commentary, I was listening to it, um, they could not find Eric Friedman to record a commentary. They really wanted to find him because the movie was starting to pick up steam, get that cult status going. So they had to, you know, strike while the iron's hot. So they talked about during their commentary you know, wanting to find Eric Freeman to do a commentary for him. Well, Scream Factory release comes out. That commentary with Dr. Uh, Bloom was from the 2004 release. So for the Scream Factory, they actually had a commentary with the writer, the director, and Eric Freeman. Yeah, I, and now they found Eric him, Freeman, right? huh? They, they had found him, or did he contact them? I they, couldn't no, remember they, how it went. they found him, or okay. however it worked out, but they do have a commentary with Eric Freeman on it. And then I've noticed on YouTube, there's a lot of information you can find because there's a lot of interviews okay. where Eric Freeman and the guy who played Billy from the first one like do joint appearances at conventions and do nice. Q&As and stuff. So nice. there's a lot of information out there to get. You just got to dig a little bit. Yeah. Which, it's funny because... 
on IMDb, they list the filming locations for this film as Utah, which I thought was weird. Or no, I, I saw it somewhere where like Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was a Utah filmed horror film, right? I looked it up. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was filmed all in California, but all the footage from the first one was filmed in Utah, so I guess they're correct. <laughs> the majority of it was still filmed in Utah. That's funny. That's good. The majority of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was filmed in That's Utah. Good. That's good. Oh, man. Funny. But yeah, I'd like to see that documentary for sure. Uh, if if you ever run across it, let me know. Maybe we could get together for that. Absolutely. And then Aaron should be proud that Hereditary and Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2 were filmed in Utah. <laughs> there you go. So, all the classics are yeah. coming out of Utah. That's great. Um, so anyway, uh, I think there was a little inspiration to be had for Martyrs from this film because um, the Rosenbergs adopt little 10-year-old uh, Ricky, and you have some home movie footage, right? Which is exactly what Martyrs did. So they had to have been influenced yeah, by this movie, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know what's weird about that? It, it and I could be totally off. I'm just this is just from my experience, but it never occurred to me that the Catholic Church would adopt a child to a Jewish parents because I was adopted through Catholic charities through Catholic welfare, um, and they would okay. only at the time. Now this is 70s. They would only adopt a child to a, a staunch Catholic family to the point where they would come and check and, you know, they had to talk to your pastor and made sure you were church going people and they would come to your house. I remember having a, getting checkups by like nuns and they would come to the house and make sure my parents were, you know, taking me to church and that I was going to school. Um, so I don't know if that was just my experience or, if, or, or you know, it, it just never occurred to me it would go anywhere else than a Catholic family. So you, you don't feel that this, um, this movie is orphanically correct. I can't say it. I can't say for certain. <laughs> hey, no way. Mother Superior's giving over little Ricky that she's having all these problems with to some Jewish family because uh, clearly they have no uh, Catholic values, uh, even though the Catholic values is what, is what, is what terrifies Ricky the with. most because even when Ricky's with his mom, like all he sees is like a flock of penguin nuns going yeah. around trying to They're hot nuns too, young nuns. Yeah. <laughs> so they so uh, they, why, they, why, so I, I did notice during the flashbacks because there were not there were additionally added flashbacks now right yeah. now we're in flashback territory that's new footage new and flashbacks Sister Mary yeah Sister Mary has a wedding ring <laughs> oh, I didn't see that oh, that's good is it because she's married, married to Christ God, married or? to Christ yeah, that's what it is yeah. Yeah, but I, I noticed that I was like, I don't think nuns can get married. Do, do you think it was a little on the nose to name the dude uh, Morty Rosenberg to really make sure you knew he was Jewish? Like the most j- Jewish name you could come up with. All Rosenberg. <laughs> they should have named him. It's, a, it's like the, the guys who made the Jerky Boys tape named that yeah. guy. <laughs> they should have named him Jewy Jew, Jewman. That would have been just as good. <laughs> Morty Rosenberg. It's yeah. like the uh, the pharmacist from Family Guy, whatever his name. Yeah, yeah, Mort or whatever. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Um, so Ricky's still having some behavioral and, and psychological problems. And it, I thought it was fun, like, when the mom and dad are talking, like, mom instantly, you know, typical, you know, rich lady wants to to return the defective yeah, right. or- <laughs> orphan immediately. <laughs> Which didn't make sense because, and this is this is scene for scene. They he specifically says in the voiceover, my parents were aware, or they they made my parents aware of my troubled, you know, whatever the, his troubled youth, or whatever yeah, he brought yeah, up. Yeah, and then in the very next scene, they're complaining, "What's wrong with him? We got damaged goods." So eh. I thought the kid was actually a pretty good pick for little Ricky, though he he fit he fit the mold pretty well. 
So weird. Yep. Yeah. So they knew what they were getting into, but uh, mom wanted to get rid of him. Dad's like, no, nah, I want to keep this kid. I'm going to go hang out with him. Um, so they do, but unfortunately, the one who cared about him died. <laughs> <laughs> the one that stuck up for him. Uh, if it weren't for bad luck, Ricky wouldn't have no yeah, luck at all. Poor Ricky. Um, they might as well hung a menorah above his grave because they really pushed that guy's the Jewish <laughs> the savior. Uh, what would a Jewish horror film be called? Oh, is there one? Hey, wait a minute. Happy Horrorica. Oh, oh, that's rough. Is there is there one? Do we? I, I, there has to be. I'll find one. We we'll to, do that we, next year. Yeah, we need to find for sure. That, we'll yeah. do it. We'll do it for Hanukkah. Yeah, we'll do it for Hanukkah. A Russian family. Yeah, be good. So it's funny is because then regular Rick, Big Rick says like, "Here it comes." Yeah, yeah. Are you ready? Here. Are you ready? Because here comes what happened. And uh, you go back to some random like Edward esque footage of absolutely nothing important <laughs> happening <laughs> whatsoever. Fluff. Uh, is that director and editor extraordinaire Lee Harry's chiropractor frolicking <laughs> out in the field during the Ricky wandering montage? Because literally it's just Ricky just walking around. <laughs> yeah, he says it. He said, I, I like to spend time by myself after my dad died. So he just walked around in a place where there were no people. And you get a nice cut of him Nothing. walking around with no people. <laughs> What's crazy is like, dude, like Lee, what's the name of the director of this film? Harvey Lee, Lee Harvey can't be Lee Harvey, can it? It can't be Lee Harvey. Can't Lee Harry. Lee Harry. There we go. Lee Harry, right? That dude has chops, man. He worked on Fade to Black and Street Fighter. <laughs> like Street Fighter, maybe not. Fade to Black. Have you seen Fade to Black? I haven't. That's a great movie. Street Fighter, maybe not so much. Maybe I was using, but Fade to Black. I mean, that's a really good movie. Like, so he's got some chops, and that's what he's doing with. Maybe these are young chops. These are early chops. Okay. Hmm. It's really all it is is filler. You get Ricky walking around in the woods with a bad piano score is what you get. Doesn't he run into, uh, like, the group? Doesn't he run into Jennifer? No, that's not. First, he runs into the people uh, necking another sexual assault uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's right. He does run into that. Yeah. And so, of course, that, in in Ricky's mind, kind of goes back to Billy's situation. (laughs) Naughty. (laughs) But doesn't he get... get Needing the nuts? No, that's the uh That might have been in that scene, but what I think what it was is there's a guy and a girl on a picnic. It was a pretty romantic picnic too. It was filled with Fritos and Tecate beer. I noticed the dude really had a spread laid out for her. <laughs> and some cool bleached bangs. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you in the mood, lady. Yeah. So uh. he he actually it was a weird scene because the dude asks for verbal consent. You know, he's like, Tell me you want it. And she's like, huh? He's like Tell me, like, he's looking for verbal consent, and then she's like, no, I don't think I do. Which, I mean, it's good that he asked for verbal consent, but then he tried to rape her, so I guess that would be bad. There's no point to ask Listen, when the, when the answer's no, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, he goes for it, and uh, she, she, I think that that's what she might have kicked him is what would have happened. And he, it was weird, too, because he's like... Oh, that is right. Yeah, she kicks him in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes off to ice him down with, like, a cold beer. He t- no, no, it's funny. She's laying on the ground, like, with her shirt ripped open, and he's like... I'm going to go get a beer, but I'll be, he gives her a Terminator line, but I'll be back. He like points at her <laughs> and she just lays there waiting. <laughs> Listen, uh, go ahead and freshen yourself up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was, so he goes back to his Jeep to get a beer and I thought it was kind of cool that Ricky appeared in the Jeep because they did a cool camera trick with that. I thought that was kind of cool at least. 
What did they do? I don't even remember it. He grabs a beer and starts walking to the front of the Jeep, but the Jeep is empty as he's walking by, but when his body passes the driver's seat, Ricky is now in the driver's seat, so they did a really cool cut. Like he a, does a lot of that. Yeah, though, he's like dude. a go, he's got a He does a lot where he just like shows up yeah. and you're like physically yeah. that's impossible. I mean the kill like, scene was was kinda kinda cheese because the guy's standing in he front He runs over him. Yeah, he's cracking a beer, but the Jeep isn't even started. Ricky starts it and the guy like opens his eyes wide and looks down and he puts it in park and the guy like, huh. Dude, someone's in my Jeep. He's in front of it the whole time, but you don't get to see him run over the guy. It's just a Jeep running over a log. Um, but this this is, though, I'm going to tell you, man, this is the one time where the chick was actually appreciative because he doesn't kill her, if you remember. She um, she looks over and says, thank you, know, clutching her like shirt to her chest. And she's like, thank you. Really, really bad, but thank you. And then he gives her a little like Miklo salute. And, and then you move on. None of that happens. It did, dude. None I'm telling happens. you. I'm telling none you, it happened. Happened. bro. I'm telling you, it happened, uh, man. You could have t- listen. At this point, I was trying to get interested in the film, but apparently, I wasn't that interested enough to take good notes and remember <laughs> that. Like you could have told me at that point that RoboCop came and yeah. shot him in the dick through her dress, and I would have been like, "Why?" Okay, tell right. me word for word, dude. That's the scene. <laughs> uh, so. You go back to the hospital with Dr. Bloom and Ricky, and uh, that's when I came to the determination because uh, Dr. Bloom's obviously questioning Ricky to, I guess, for some reason, find out who killed his parents. I don't know. Right? But this is like the trauma version of Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) (laughs) This is Clarice and and Hannibal Lecter, but on a budget of like $14 in two days to shoot. That's super good, man. That's a good... That's good. This time. is what it is. It's funny. Um, and then we go. No, we're not done because not we done. actually go back. We go back to the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Billy's working at a diner, right? No, he's working at a diner. Ricky's working at a diner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Billy was working at the toy store. Oh, that's right. So he kills everybody at the diner. No, that doesn't happen. It just shows him working for 10 minutes. Oh, Jesus. So washing no. forks. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. I thought I'd done my due diligence. <laughs> it's right because I did. Because I did. So, um, as he's as as he's throwing out the trash from the diner one day, he runs across another sexual assault in the alley. Remember? <laughs> so, actually, is is he a hero? I mean, no. I get maybe you should be a sexual assault detective because the guy's got the uncanny ability to <laughs> show up and cock block him. Yeah. Like, I don't even. Uh, yeah. Oh, and this was a real. Yeah. This really was a RoboCop scene. It's like a dark alley, but it wasn't a chick. It's what it what it boils down to is it's a guy that's shaking down another guy for like uh, money. He's owed money, maybe a bookie or whatever. His scent is goon, so he's beating up another guy in an alley. He's you know you are, you know you better pay the money next week. Bop bop bop. He's punching him, and the guy's like, you know what? I hope you don't have the money because I enjoy this. And he's beating on the guy, and that's when Ricky steps in to intervene. Um, is that the umbrella kill? Yeah, what I called the uh, go go gadget umbrella. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it, it was awesome to look at. I thought it was a great effect. The, the special effects artist for this movie he's he's got a lot of cred, man. There's a documentary, like an hour long documentary, on the Silent Night Deadly Night Two DVD, just going through the special effects artist's career. <laughs> that's how. I mean, it's an hour long, so there's a lot of credits, right? Uh, uh, so, you got your phone I on you? That, yeah. Uh, before you explain, I need to. I need to just just super quick. The guy that Ricky kills 
is wearing a trench coat and a red tie because the color red is what sets him off. The Jeep was red as well. If you notice, there's a lot of red tie-ins for Santa. Oh, oh my goodness. If you look at yeah. that dude, he's got a trench coat on and a red tie and an umbrella sticking out the back of him. You look exactly like fucking Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he's got Inspector Gadget. <laughs> exactly like him. <laughs> I got another one on my sentence. So listen, listen. This scene was totally unrealistic, right? Just like the expectation of the director of the actors. <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. So so I, I think listen. Listen, I know there's a lot of actors auditioning for this role. I think Eric Freeman's going to be able to pull this off, guys. I think he's got the chops. How could okay. He, how could anyone pull it off when you're getting directed three different directions? No one could no, pull this it's off. An, it's an impossible it's task. An impossible uh, task. Uh, I'm going to say this. I think the umbrella, after the job was finished, uh, resembled the umbrella core. Umbrella. Oh, the Umbrella Corbin's thing. That's good, dude. That's good, too. From uh, Resident Evil? Yeah. Look at that movie again. Look at that bloody umbrella. It, it looks like the Umbrella Corps. I sent you another picture of it, too. So it's visual. Like I said, I just sent it to Doc, so you guys aren't enjoying it. But what Ricky does is he pulls up Neither am a, I. Neither a, am I. a red and white striped umbrella from like a garbage bin. And he sticks, he impales the guy through the chest with it. And once it's through him, he then opens the umbrella. So the guy is is impaled with an open umbrella behind him. And it was really, it was really cool. It looked cool. It looks great. Yeah. It, it was laughable. And I couldn't stop thinking of Inspector Gadget because of the trench coat and the tie. But it was a cool scene. It, it was pulled off well. Uh, at this point, it's getting a little hot and sweaty for Dr. Loomis. Or Dr. Bloomis, as I like to yeah, call Yeah, because now I think it isn't Bloomis. Hey, wait. <laughs> Ricky, what did you say earlier? It made me think of that. You said something like Ricky and Bloom, and I was thinking Bloom and Onion when you're Bloom and Ricky. Bloom and Ricky, that's what you're saying. Bloom and Onion. Do do you catch the Doctor Bloomis reference? Uh, No, uh, for Loomis. Doctor Loomis from Halloween. Yeah. So same thing. Yeah, same thing. I wonder every Christmas you try to transfer Ricky. (laughs) When will they learn? Human. (laughs) When will they learn? I just want to have one Halloween off for oh, God's sake. Christ, I never get to spend Christmas to my family. <laughs> Dr. Bloom and Loomis like have a support group where they're, you know, uh, they're talking about their PTSD with holidays. One can't one, called out to fucking fight a serial killer. One can't celebrate Halloween and one can't celebrate Christmas. They got to switch. <laughs> they like stay in each other's houses on the holidays to check up on each other. Oh, man. That's bad. Uh, he's sweating like a whore in church, dude. He is uh, something. There's about to be a revelation because uh well he's sweating now he's sweating now because ricky explains to him because he's like hey man none of these kills are in my current or in the information in your file and and that ricky's he's telling about all this new stuff that he had done so now he's like freaking out a little bit but i mean is he really it's just no it wasn't there he's probably getting all hot and bothered because he knows he's about to write a career um making book about the serial killer yeah tell tell all the tell all story I spoke to Ricky Caldwell, you know, the doctor tapes. Is it was, uh, on uh, Natural Born Killers? What was that? Wayne Gale? Gale on Gale. He's writing the book. <laughs> is that Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, anyway, uh, so uh, Dr. Bloom is like badgering him about his relationship with Jennifer, which just so happens to be the name of my sister who listened to the Grease episode, and she said, nice work, Steve. So, oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Good. She was like, I heard you mention me, but you didn't say my name. And I was like, well, I'll work it in next time. Nice. Jennifer. So, yeah, thanks for listening. You're doing her a disservice by bringing it up on this movie. And I not know. Cruise. Besmirching her good name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was another weird one where he, he's like, tell me about Jennifer. And he's like, I'm not going to talk. Wait, let me do it. <clears throat> Jennifer, 
I'm not going to talk about Jennifer, you doc. And then he tells the whole story of Jennifer. <laughs> then, then it's like the uh, the guy from Austin Powers. You just got to ask three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Jennifer and Ricky's meet cute consists of basically she runs over him. She almost kills him, wrecks his bike. And then gets out of her car in some fuck me pumps and a denim miniskirt. <laughs> It worked. It would work. It, it would work. Didn't, didn't he say I'd die on a motorcycle to boink her or something like that? <laughs> Just like typical. Like she could, she could take out my guts. I don't care. All I want to do is boink her. <laughs> it worked, and uh, dude, it would have worked on me too. It, it, it was exactly what you said. She backs into his motorcycle. He falls down. His motorcycle's wrecked. She gets out. They do a full body shot. They pan to both their faces. She gives them the smile. He gives them the smile. And now they're at a picnic with Fritos and Tecate beer. <laughs> <laughs> that had to, listen, the only thing I can imagine is Ricky's like, listen, uh, I think my back's hurting. She's like, oh no, you, is there anything I can do? He's like, well, you could go out on a couple of dates with yeah. me yeah. and I won't sue you. <laughs> yeah. It's a Seinfeld because episode. It's a, he, she, she got sentenced to be his girlfriend for six weeks because she ran him over. <laughs> Like after that, the statue of limitations runs out and she yeah. can't be sued for hitting him with her car. Oh, so she's a contractually obligated to like really long winding motorcycle rides to the destination of Richard's choosing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's in the contract. Uh, Listen, I'd really like to go to in and out burger. Ah, I don't really like burgers. <laughs> uh, the contract. Yeah. You read the fine print. <laughs> He's doing a Willy Wonka. It's all there. Black and white. Clues crystal. He's doing a Willy Wonka contract on him. I don't know, Jennifer, if you don't want to go to In-N-Out, I think my shoulder's not feeling very well either, and I may have to go get some uh, physical therapy. Okay, all right, In-N-Out. I mean, you want to talk about a forced meeting or a forced romance, this was it. Yeah, they uh, they meander all over the forest with the wind blowing their luscious 80s frocks without abandon yep, as they nice. just walk around. Uh, I think they uh, eventually go into the Wiley e. Coyote acne tunnel of sex scenes. <laughs> 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 because uh, I, I'm going to say that this this sex scene was way better than Top Gun, but worse than Revenge of the Nerds. So it's so it's 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 right in the middle between the two. Poorly, uh, uh, plenty of poorly lit skin is visible for all to be viewed. Dude, there's no no friggin' way that he was thrown down like that on his first time because he does confess no. <laughs> he does confess that was his first time. That's that ain't that ain't truth, bro. Ain't this happen. is crazy because he, he he admits he popped his cherry right, yeah, and then he like. Naively, he's like, "This was your first time too, right?" And she's like, "Listen, uh, uh, I met you ten minutes ago, and I'm already fucking you." <laughs> like, uh, yeah, this is not my first dog and pony show. Uh. <laughs> Plus, I don't know if you remember, Ricky. It's in the contract that I have to do that yeah. at least once to keep you from suing me for hitting you with my car. Yeah, dude, that was uh, very another add to our pile of unsexy sex, man. We're good, oh, good for us. Jesus, do they, do they go to an adult theater next, or is this a? It was an actual movie theater, right? It was, because you remember the movie that was playing? It was playing Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part so 1. You get to watch more. <laughs> you get to watch even more of the original movie. Oh, that's so uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you got to like that, right? You got that. So the reason I, I kind of was on the fence is because, like, 
Silent Night, Deadly Night would would have been one of those old movies that would have played like in the Forty Second Street theaters next to like Green Door and yeah. Deep Throat and shit. The, the Dollar Cinema on Pecos would have had. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's why I was like, was it? Because, dude, I don't know what kind of civilized theater they were in, but there was an awful lot of hecklers in that place. Yeah, oh, fuck, dude. Dude, that, the the line did. I don't know. I have a uh, sound clip from it, so I'm gonna play it for you anyway. But she she the way she explains the movie to him actually made me laugh out. Did you laugh at that part? Did you catch it? I probably didn't because I was oh just my God. trying to get through. Actually, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy because I'll, I'll listen to listen, his his. Just hear hear this. What did you say this movie was about? Oh, it's great! It's about this guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and kills people. What? <laughs> <laughs> say what? <laughs> oh my God, dude! I could. I was. La- I actually laughed out loud on that. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, you're sweating. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Just so you know, I did that ha- I did have that in my notes. Um <laughs> because <laughs> Ricky is just basically oh, trying to tearing. get necked out, right? Oh, tearing He's trying girl. to neck it out. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to neck it out. <laughs> and somebody in the crowd calls him the F word. <laughs> and she played it off cool, though, man, because she was like, well, you, you know you're not. Him, yeah. <laughs> the guy calls him the F word, okay? Doesn't bat an eye. Like some oh. man in a movie theater, your new girlfriend's ex-boyfriend just called you the F word. Doesn't bat an eye. The psycho killer who killed a guy with an umbrella for beating up somebody he doesn't even know. <laughs> that wasn't her ex, though, Just, man. That was random heckler. You're sure? Oh, positive, because Chip shows up out of fucking nowhere. That's dude. right. <laughs> That's right. So the guy calls him the F word. The, yeah. the random heckler calls him the F word and wants to make out with Jennifer. Um, so did I. And then, yeah, so did I. And so then she tells him about the movie, and then I did say, Billy's what in a high-pitched voice was <laughs> fucking hilarious. So could I hear it one more time, please? Oh, it's because so, it was good, so much fun. Uh, it was so great. What did you say this movie was about? Oh, it's great. It's about this guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and kills people. What? <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, I can't. My stomach's going to hurt. Oh, my God. So good. You got to clip that what? I got to so clip So anytime what? I say anything just totally stupid, you I can just... <laughs> if I could do this. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because dude, oh. the guy just called him a name, nothing. But as soon as he finds out, <laughs> of course, that has some deep seated trauma that, yeah. uh, you know, gets him up in his bowels and comes out when oh he hears God. Santa Claus killer. That was the best acting he did in the whole movie. That exclamation was the best part. So you'll forgive me oh, then God. if I thought that was Chip because uh, somehow, inexplicably, old Chip, who is Jennifer's ex boyfriend, He's able to find her inside a darkened movie theater. Yeah, like I think I think Rick, Ricky ends up going to like confront the hecklers in the back of the theater. Finally, like after they've t- tormented pretty much everyone in the theater, and then as he leaves, this dude out of fucking nowhere just pops his head up behind Jennifer, and is, it's her ex boyfriend. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> hi, <laughs> what is going on here, dude? What is going just on? so any of the younger listeners will know, this is way before like cell phones and Apple tags and all this GPS shit. Like, if you didn't get your a hold of your friend on his phone at his house, you had no idea where he was at. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, he just he like, like he was hiding behind their movie seats the whole movie, just out of nowhere. Like, hey, and you know who the heckler uh, looked just, like? I, the heckler looked like um, 
Robert Downey Jr.'s friend in Weird Science, and I can't remember that actor's he name. Did. He looked exactly <laughs> like that guy. Yeah, he did the uh, the guy with the big mole. Yeah, yeah, man. Or was that, that Wyatt? Was that Wyatt? No, that. Anyway, that, I remember exactly what you're talking. The curly haired dude that dumps the Slurpee and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know where Chip came from, dude. Just all of a sudden, Chip's in the theater. It was he teleported in from somewhere. So, at that point, I wished I was Ricky because I hate hecklers in movie theaters. Have oh you ever God. had people like ruining movies? Well, I think I, I think I've said it on the show before. I went on a stretch of almost five or ten years of not going to a theater. Oh, I broke my stretch with you on what we do in the shadows. That was the first movie I'd been to in like five or ten years. Holy B- shit! Because two movies in a row, there was a fight in the theater. One of them was. Um, Dawn of the Dead, the Ving Rhames one, and the other one was Shrek 2. There was a fight in Shrek what? 2. Yeah. With all the kids in there and shit? Yeah. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to theaters anymore. I'm done. So, I remember it. watching um, The Devil's Rejects in the theater, and it was like three of us in the theater, me and my buddy Tim, you know Tim, and mm-hmm. there was a guy behind us, and for some reason he sat down like right behind us in the entire theater with nobody else in the movie theater. And uh, he answered a phone call. Oh my God. And dude, I let it go on for about, 15 seconds and I finally turned around I was like what the fuck are you thinking dude like are you he's like oh let me walk outside I'm in oh, a theater oh, really like, oh. really <laughs> like, really yeah that was similar to my dawn of the dead and I had taken a date there and they there's a group of kids in front of us and they were making calls not taking making calls in the theater and like telling people about the movie during the movie and what they were watching um, and what sucks about those instances is because like if you get out to walk out to go tell somebody and you come back and then the management comes in, they know exactly oh, who right about dude. They definitely did. That's why you got to get up and do that. Uh, you said you wanted milk does, right? <laughs> yeah. Milk does. And, but then the problem with that is once you tell management, then you have to go buy the $8 milk does. <laughs> now you're back. stuck buying a $20 cup of Dippin' Dots. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get some fucking hooligans out of the theater. You know, Will, uh, when we were younger, I can't remember where I was at a movie with Big Will and uh, he shut down some hecklers clean. They were behind us. It was a group of of i say kids but they were probably about our age at the time early 20s but they were loud you know just messing around fucking around and uh will got super mad and they were right behind us and he stood you know will's huge he's a big you know big, big yeah, guy right. and uh he turned around he stood up in the in the theater like a movie uh turned around and said i'm gonna do a will voice this isn't racist will, will would will would approve y'all motherfuckers better shut the fuck up or y'all gonna pay me my ticket money back and they all, and they all shut <laughs> up and that was it <laughs> that was basically the equivalent of uh, taking their lunch money. Yeah, pretty he's much basically so. telling them if you uh, if you don't shut the fuck. He didn't say he was going to kick their ass. He's basically like, I'm going to pick you up, put you upside down, let all the change and cash fall out of your pocket, oh, yeah. and take that shit. Oh, dude, you want to know a, a, another good movie story? Uh, Adam story, as a matter of fact, he would not like me telling this, so I will. Uh, ah, he'll probably deny it anyway. But there, there's plenty of witnesses. But we were at uh, I can't remember if it was like Colors or Boys in the Hood, and it was packed. Full, shoulder to shoulder. There was no seats. And some gangster ass dude comes in like after the credits and he's looking around and he's like, just like, just like this, standing in the aisle. One of y'all motherfuckers better get up out a seat. And I looked at Adam and this motherfucker shrunk. He, he, got, he went down like six to seven inches. He shrunk up like a turtle in his seat. I was laughing so hard. Like, hey, you bitch. Up like a grazing. <laughs> like a bitch because he knew who was going to get up. <laughs> Did he? 
Uh, no, but it was awesome watching him shrink away. <laughs> he, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. I don't see you. I don't see you. He did, he did get punked at McDonald's on the strip once. Some against like, dudes walked by him, and he was wearing a white rag on his head, like like a like Malibu's Most Wanted. And the dude was like, <laughs> I'm B-Rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, motherfucker, take that rag off your head. And then he took it off so fast, he got a rug burn from his forehead. Dude, he smacked. He gripped that thing and ripped it off so fast, he got a rope burn on his head. <laughs> That's uh, good. Good stuff there. Good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, anyway, right. sorry, Adam. Yeah, we, yeah, he doesn't so, yeah, listen yeah, anyway, yeah. so fuck Yeah, it's true. Uh, anyway, that's funny. So um, I, I guess he goes and kills those guys and is able to get back in his seat, which is the wall seat, which would have been impossible for him to get into that seat without yeah. her knowing. Yeah, while her ex-boyfriend, Chip, with the more bleach bangs, is trying, trying to- Trying to get into her good pants. He's I mean, trying to graces. romance her up again, yeah. He- um, the, yeah, Ricky's in the back killing the dude off screen. You see like shoes, like his legs, another off screen kill. And um, then, then out of nowhere, Roxanne, Chip's current girlfriend, shows up. <laughs> She's standing in the aisle and is like, Chip, let's get out of here. Like, what the hell's going on? What in the hell's going on? What in the hell's going on in this theater, dude? You remember what Chip says about Roxanne? No. What did you say? She's my side piece I'm holding on to until you come back. <laughs> What in the hell is going on in the movie, dude? Where are all these people Chivalry. in the theater? Oh my god! Maybe it's you know maybe there's a one theater town. And everybody knows that they're going to be there. Oh my god, dude! I was boggled. Uh, I was laughing so hard from that what that none of this bothered me because I was still chuckling. But I was like, what the hell? What, what am I watching? It was just dude, out of nowhere. It's just like people are showing up, just talking to them in the theater. <laughs> well, I mean, they have to have these unrealistic situations to. Propel us for, to yeah, to get, right, to get so, through it. I, I don't know if you know this, this or not, but the next day, uh, I guess Ricky and Jennifer are walking around town, but Ricky's voice tone is actually different. It's like he's smitten. He's in love. Well, he was acting. So he's not, he's not that, you know, dour, you know, unhappy Ricky. He's actually got a little pep in his yeah. step and shit. But uh, what's going to fuck that up is as they're walking around town, they walk right into Chip working on his own car. Yeah, and his hair got more bleachier. Like, his hair was even blonder than the previous scene. It's awesome. Dude, he, he literally starts macking on Jennifer right in front of uh, Ricky. He's extremely disrespectful. Well, and, and again, the car was red, because remember, that's their whole thing. Is like, uh, uh, the Listen, red. you had to have found this theory. You didn't come up with that on your own. I did. I totally did. You did? Yeah. I noticed every I mean, time there was something there, is, it was red. Okay. Well, you know where that theory also works at, right? What other movie is basically known for the same theory? No. The Sixth Sense. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. It's got red in it. Yeah, like yeah. every time you see red, like, you know, it signifies that he's dead or whatever. So they definitely so stole I'm going to have to say they, Martyrs they and The Sixth Sense yeah. have borrowed liberally from Silent Night. Yeah, they stole it for sure. Years. There's no other explanation. Yeah. But Chip, Chip says some pretty rough stuff, dude. He's like... This is the car I fucked your girl in. <laughs> like really bad stuff. Like, wow, Chip, dude. You know what I got in my pocket? A pair of her panties from the last time we fornicated. Here, smell them. Yeah, Wear dude. Them like Chip, Chip went real hard on him, and I like really bad. Like, wow. I, now I. That's the one person he should have killed. He does, which he does. Yeah, and that was cool. I did enjoy that. Did you enjoy that one? <laughs> it was a. Uh... It was a passable wax dummy. Yeah, it looked good. I, I enjoy that type of stuff, dude. That I didn't like, like I the know, lightning. I don't know what man could force another man to hold his mouth open so that you can perfectly place the nodes from your battery charger onto your teeth. But yeah, 
It's Plus, I mean, the, have you ever tried to put those on an actual node on a battery? You think that thing would forever. stick on that forever. <laughs> Slide right off? Yeah. So to set up the scene, uh, Ricky finally has enough of Chip's um, torture and uh, grabs him, holds him down. There was a battery charger because he was trying to jumpstart his car. He grabs him, holds him down, and sticks the end of the battery charger in his mouth, and his eyes explode, which exploded his sunglasses off, which also made me laugh. <laughs> but then he has to kill Jennifer, too. <laughs> Because again, the person who's disrespecting the lady gets killed, and the lady gets uh, completely upset about that. Yeah, I guess that would be very traumatic. So he pulls an Angela and grabs the uh, best weapon there is, which is the antenna. It, but dude, <laughs> chokes if, her with it. I thought for sure he was going to whip her with it because that's what I would have done. Um, can you choke somebody with an antenna? I guess maybe. Uh, it's, a, it's an odd if, choice. Um, odd choice. I don't know if Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is medically accurate, but I'm I mean, sure, yeah. sure, I guess you could try. When we work out again, if- though, like the other person has to be really not giving uh, giving a fight back. Like they're really just it letting it happen. Really odd choice for weapon and a really uneventful uh, death scene for her, who was supposed to be a pretty big part of the movie. So you is- think they just came up with that, like on the set <laughs> that day? Fuck, fuck yeah, we got we got two hours of light left. What do we got? That's it. What do we got? Well, I could. I mean, I guess I could pull this antenna off, yeah. which would show I'm strong, and yeah. then like bend it and yeah. choke her with that. But That's if, great, Eric. Great. Let's roll. You know what would have been better? Like ripping out the seatbelt and choking her with that, or the cords from the cords from the battery charge. Anything, but rather the antenna is is my call. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, There's or just kill more. her. Just kill her like she did everybody else, or that, or just run over a log and make it look like it was her. Sure, a lot of ways to do it. Once already, odd choice. Uh, but of course, Ricky has the worst luck ever because inexplicably Barney Five shows up at the exact right moment. I wrote down Dep- Deputy Ron Howard. That was a damn double for Ron Howard, if you ask me. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, like his hat's cockeyed, right? His cover, he, his cover's cockeyed. He's his has garbage weapon presentation. Uh, I don't know if you saw the hands on the wrist hole oh, that course. he had. Of course, he had no officer presence. Uh, or spatial awareness, terrible tactics. He licks his parched lips a lot. Uh, and basically, it was like every B-movie cop you've ever seen. It's yeah. like Ed Wood dresses a cop in yep. this movie. Yeah, he, he pulls his revolver out. He puts the tip of it on Ricky's nose and says, I know how to use this thing, Buster. <laughs> I'm going to put you in these handcuffs right here, and I don't want you to try any funny business now. Then, you understand? While he's like booping his nose with the gun. revolver. And then Ricky plays the Uno reverse on his ass, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He gets officer down real quick, man. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but when they did the close-up of the bullet hole, the makeup on his forehead is way different tone than his cheekbones. It's rippled up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, (laughs) It's like his forehead looks like a cadaver gray, and the rest of his face is like normal pink. (laughs) They didn't blend, I'll tell you that. (laughs) No, they didn't have time to blend. (laughs) I don't have time to blend, Lee. So pretty much he's holding the gun on Ricky's nose. Ricky uh, grabs the barrel of the gun and points it backwards to his own nose and he shoots himself. (laughs) (laughs) Zero weapon retention there. Uh, Zero. Nothing. Terrible. Um, But now, just like John McClane, he's got a gun. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Now now I have a shot revolver. Die Hard stole it from this for sure. What's that? Die Hard stole that from this for sure. Yeah, again, there we go. Like, come on. Listen, how is John McClane going to get a machine gun? Well, I just saw this movie. It's a brilliant. Uh, Sign I did. <laughs> so he's on a rampage. Basically, we got an active shooter, right? 
Uh, he basically splatters that one motherfucker with the jersey and runs out to see what was the matter. So you had like somebody with a hose spurting him out. But now I really thought this. I watched this scene many times because I said he has a five shot revolver. I would say five or six shot. What do you think? I would guess five at that, but I, I didn't do the research. So you get this garbage day scene. I got the cut. Everybody I mean, knows. You got to play that because that's like the part of the movie. So there's a guy that runs out in New Jersey. He's like, what's the matter? He shoots him. Blood flies all over the place. That's one shot, right? So then garbage day, he shoots that dude. I don't think there was any blood in that scene whatsoever. Just a falling trash can. But go ahead and play the scene. Garbage day. There you go. There's the payoff for this episode. Everybody loves that. It's go. hilarious, I guess. You can turn off the show uh, now. Yeah, you can turn the whole movie out. Um, dude's going out to pick up his trash, even though his neighbor just got shot. And as he's picking it up, for some reason, Ricky says garbage day and shoots him. And he just stumbles backward in slow-mo. And yeah. That seems to make a lot of people happy. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, excuse me, mister, was funnier <laughs> than that. <laughs> I washed my dolly. <laughs> <laughs> so he shoots and kills two men in broad daylight. Cindy in a Brady. Cindy Brady gets Cindy up. Brady <laughs> Excuse me, Mister. She she's so uh, you know she has no aware awareness Oblivious. of her surroundings. So she's riding her uh, tricycle down the street and runs right into his crotch. <laughs> the same way he fell in love with Jennifer. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> Excuse me, Mister. And he just looks at her and's like. I'll let you live because uh, yeah. you're innocent. Yeah. Well, she uh, wasn't wearing red. No red on her. Well, what was the guy in the jersey doing wrong? It was a red jersey. What was the guy picking up the trash? He did not have red shit on. I don't. Know, I, I'm not sure, but just don't deep. Don't dig too deep into it, man. So he shot two times in a five shot revolver, right? Plus. So then, wait, no. Plus the shot to the sh- to the deputy. Oh well, we may be fucked here. Is the math is the math not going to work out? Okay, so the disposable red gremlin-looking car, the guy driving that car isn't as lucky as the girl on the tricycle. <laughs> oh, dude. Because that, uh, in the sketchiest stunt I've seen that since stunt man was Excalibur, <laughs> where the guy actually died, uh, that dude who was playing Ricky shooting the blanks at the car before it goes up on the ramp, like, st- uh, unknown stuntman style and then barely misses him as it drives. Holy cow, bro. Dude, he almost got crushed by that car. I, I moved in my chair to the left. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, that, that right there, that was amazing. Like, that's, that I don't know shot. why anybody's not showing that scene because that was, a, that stuntman has the nerves of, of a cold steel. <laughs> of a, dude, total trust in your partner doing that stuff. Wow, man. dude, that was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So when the car goes up on the ramp and, and does two-wheel motion, it drives at the actor portraying Bill or Ricky in the middle of the street with a revolver, and I think the top of the car hits him. Might and have he grazed his shoulder, possibly? Side swipes him, yeah. Oh, my God. it was That was amazing. That Pull was it amazing. up on YouTube, guys. Watch it. It's that totally worth it. Yep. And then go watch Stunt Rock and the Excalibur stunt that killed that guy. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. worth it. Skip that. Um, so he fired three shots at that car, so I'm going to say it was a six-shot revolver because you got the sheriff... Jersey guy, trash can guy, and then three shots at the car. So six shots because the next time he pulls the trigger, empty, it doesn't right? go off. Right. So so the problem with this scene is is there's no connection to anybody's killing. It's just basically he's walking down the street killing people, but but they're not really free. they're not really good kills. There's like one of them had no blood at all. One had a little blood. Um, 
I guess the little girl was there to see if he was going to kill her, which is like the first one. He never did. That's uh, called building suspense. Right. I don't know if you've been to filmmaking. I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Order. But but that's that, but that stunt did build suspense. I'll tell you that it came through on that Ooh. one for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. But you really don't have any connection to the people he's killing right now. And I didn't like the laughter he was doing. The the he would just they would pan to him walking down the street, and he would just be you know kind of doing like a uh, you know cackle. Um, you sounded like the guy from again the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Inconceivable is that dude. <laughs> he's literally like. Shooting at the guy in the car. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> that I guess is supposed to be your your big, uh, you know, your your crescendo, and that really wasn't uh, wasn't for me. Like that, it didn't pull it off for me. I, I didn't like the scene too much. It, it was more annoying than it was fun. Other than the stunt, I hate it in movies where, like, there's no clear path. Right? We don't know if he's walking from where to where. He's just walking yeah. in a neighborhood. So, like, after he's killed the cop and the two guys and the dude in the car he's just walking and he walks right up to a police like blockade <laughs> they would, yeah, yeah like he wouldn't see that like he stumbles on it like he's walking all of a sudden there's cop cars blocking the street and he's like whoa, whoa. it's just it's kind of it, it, it's movie making right yeah, it, it's just not realistic it's so forced it just, it's, it's very kinda... forced and it's very fast and i i understand they were going for the big kill scenes it just didn't it didn't pop for me so they of course confront Ricky. He tries to kill himself. He pulls the trigger. He's used all six rounds. Click. So yeah. it's clicks, right? Um, and we're back now to the interview room, and Doctor Bloom is dead. Which was good because I had forgot that we still had interview going on. I kind of was thinking in my head that we were past the interview stage of the movie. So this was uh, this was decent for me. I was like, oh yeah, shit, he's still telling the story. That's why he's yeah, in there. Back to the reprimand. Right. Yep. I, I, for me, he had already broken out of there. But now is when he's actually breaking out of there, and I like now that. Now he's going to break out. Right. Uh, he's on the loose. He kills Dr. Blue. I think he wrapped the tape around his neck. Yeah, yeah, the the the, uh, the reel-to-reel tape he wrapped around his neck. You, 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 you don't see you'd it, have to, like You'd have to level that up a couple times. You'd have to layer yeah, it to get he, that to choke a man out, I would assume. Yeah, that, but they, they don't show it. And that, again, which I've complained about in so many movies recently, just show it. Like, Don't show me the aftermath with just the tape. Show me the kill. Don't Jack Frost me on this. Well, they're going to jack frost your ass off because uh, I thought this was hilarious. The cops are interviewing Sister Mary approximately six feet away from a dead guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And why is she there? Why was Sister Mary there? All of a sudden, Dr. Bloom's dead in the background, (laughs) getting cold. And they're asking her, like, about Mother Superior. And I don't know how they knew that Mother Superior was going to be a target unless they listened to all of Dr. Bloom's tapes. But why was that the nun wrapped there? around his throat? Why would they call a nun from thirty years in his past? <laughs> why would she be even a person in, Listen, in there? We don't got Doctor Bloom anymore to have to, you know, shake up every Christmas. We need somebody else now. So Sister Mary's the natural progression. Well, I, all right, you're right. Anytime we got Ricky problems, we're going to need Sister Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So basically. Um, Sister Mary confirms, like, listen, Mother Superior is retired and she's safe. There's nothing to worry about. Um, but Ricky somehow obtains, like, a Santa suit? Yeah, he killed a uh, a Salvation Army guy. They don't show it. Which it's was, not on screen. So Okay, which was played by, uh, I guess, the guy who was supposed to do that role that day didn't show up, so the cinematographer got uh, the costume. Maybe why they didn't show it, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and does he actually prank call some people too? Does he make some phone calls? <laughs> he used the white pages to find uh, where where she was listed to go to Mother Superior's house. 
no. She pranks call. She prank calls her. <laughs> he prank calls her. He prank calls her. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, he Man, he uses the nose were a thing too. Like that was actual thing. You could get prank calls. Yeah. Or what about a phone booth? That was a thing. Oh yeah. Man, smelled like piss. Those were the days. Always smell like pee in there. So <laughs> in Tennessee, we didn't have any because we were out in the middle of the woods. But so it smelled like pee in the woods. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happened after that? Uh, he uh, he uses the white pages. He calls her and gets uh, her address too because yeah. nobody was caring caring about security back in those days. Yep. Literally publish your address and your phone number and put it in a phone booth downtown for every stalker uh, to, to go through. Yeah. So she's got a disfigured face now. Yeah. Did she have a stroke or did leprosy? That was unclear to me. I did. Dude, I, I I was trying to recall if something had happened to her in the first movie to disfigure her face. Um, no. I was hoping maybe you had some information for me, but for some reason, the whole left side of her face is just ugly. No, I because even in the flashback of her, the last scene in the beginning of the movie, he raises the axe and she's just fine, and then he gets shot. Yeah. No. So I wonder if the uh, I wonder if when he fell down, he like fell on the side of her face and <laughs> paralyzed. I don't and, know. No, I just but, think they. Made a choice to put that in there, which to me was the scariest thing in the movie. Her mug was yeah. the scariest thing in the movie. Well, we need something scary. Yeah. Did you notice her address was 666? I didn't. I, I did, but to me, that was a little too on the nose or a little, like, I didn't under, there wasn't really a reason. For, did you, was there a reason for that? Like, There's no way a, a nun would stay in an address with 666. No, but are they trying to say she was evil or whatever they were trying to do with that didn't, did not uh How connect. is she evil? I know. I'm I just mean, saying it didn't just, Yeah, they tried to portray her in this movie as evil and all of a sudden her face is you know, a monstrosity. You, yeah. yeah. So she looks like a witch or something. Um, she obviously pours herself a Catholic church sanctioned snifter of cognac right. <laughs> to, uh, snuff out those mad, bad memories before her sleep. Um, but death has come home to her. How, how, how was that such a long chase scene when she's in a wheelchair and he's not like they chase through every room in that house and she's r- literally rolling herself from room to room while he's chasing her and he can't catch her. Well, the entire time he's chasing her too. Like, He's saying the words. I want to talk about old times. Children should be in bed. I've got a present for you. Like, it was what? it was the Freddy Krueger. It was the one liner crap that that really didn't match at this point of the movie because he had just gone through the killing spree where he was like cold and you know maniac laughing like at just like the first one. This ending. Eh. Mm. I thought it was kind of neat though. He's chasing her. She's like literally. She obviously she's in a wheelchair. She knows her house better than him though, right? Um, no, I could catch her. And bullshit. <laughs> I'd have caught her. First room. I'd have caught her first room, bro. Suspend disbelief. First room. She ain't getting out of first put room. A, put a stick in her spoke and that's it. That's she was, she wrote. First of all, she was old in the first movie. This is 33 years later. She would be a thousand years old. She wouldn't have got out the first room. I'd have got her. And her face is all fucked up so she can't see out of her left eye. There's no so. way. I'd have came from the left, bro. She wouldn't have seen me coming. I thought it was cool. The editing wizardry, though, because while he's chasing her, like the TV broadcast is... Kind of, hey kids, Santa Claus yeah. has finally come to town. Yeah. And, you know, it's like she's getting ready to meet her demise, and she's screaming and shit. And uh, I thought it was cool. He did the TV or the uh, axe through the TV tube. That was kind of cool. That was right. Yep, that was cool. Yeah, looks yeah. Good. But he did he did uh, the uh, axe through the door. The you know the the Shining definitely stole it um, from the the Here's Johnny thing. Yeah, he does that. So 
Obviously, they borrowed from that because uh, Shining came out before. No, it doesn't matter. It so. doesn't matter. Shining stole it. They they saw the screenplay ahead of time. Everything <laughs> they, has been stolen from this screen. movie. Is everything. They went to Silent Night Productions to try and get the Shining off the ground. The Seven like, hey, Samurai stole from this movie. <laughs> Godfather stole from this movie. Everything stole from this movie. <laughs> she got, dude, it was hilarious. She got caught up on the Gremlin staircase. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have a staircase when you're in a wheelchair? Why? Well, it had it had the little like I said the Gremlin staircase. It had, it had the, the lift. Chair on Did it have the little slow ass lift? <laughs> you couldn't. She couldn't get into. Just it. get a one story. And, uh, dude. It's so much simpler. <laughs> she got in an escape pod trying to go down those stairs. <laughs> Star crash. And then like Ricky pulls his axe over his head and it gets caught on something on his back. No, he actually swings at her and the axe goes into the plastic wheelchair seat and she's like going down the steps and he can't get the axe out of the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. She she like flops like a dead fish out of the chair and the, the axe gets stuck in the back of the wheelchair and then he spends seven and a half minutes trying to dislodge the axe from the from Oh, you know what? That's an axe grunt, bro. Do I still have that? <laughs> He spent seven minutes trying to do. <laughs> he spent seven minutes trying to get the axe out while she crawls, uh, hastily escapes out of the house. Oh no! She. So one thing I noticed, like every time you saw Mother Superior, her makeup looked fucking worse. Like every single time, like it was falling off. It was like the more they filmed, the lights were just melting it and shit. Oh, it just looked worse yeah. and worse and worse. Um, but unlike Billy, Ricky can finish what he started. He knocked he, he basically. Uh, he kills her well, right you don't before see it. the cops show up. You don't see it. It's off You don't see it. Yeah. No. You don't see it. She's naughty. He kills her. Cops get there. Uh, and for some reason, the cops brought Sister Mary with <laughs> Well, as you do. She goes up, <laughs> and she goes up to give Mother Superior a hug, and her head falls off. Hey, Mary goes in first. They're like, clear the room. <laughs> Sister Mary, clear the room. She's like, I'll secure Mother Superior. Oh, oh no, God. I need a bag. I need a plastic bag for her. Head. I did. I did like that scene. That was funny. I can push the body out, but I'm going to need the head yeah. in a bag to yeah. move it. That was good. Uh, she's probably still talking about that ride along. Man, yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> you know what was my worst Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't get that PlayStation Five. That sucks. Let me tell you about mine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one guy at McDonald's made me take my rag off of my head super fast. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so she passes out just as, again, Ricky's about to kill her, a la Billy, about to kill Mother Superior. And uh, uh, he gets shot and blasted out by the fuzz. Which is so. exactly the same thing that happened to Billy in the first movie. He raises the axe up over his head to kill Mother Superior, but this time he's raising it up to kill Sister Mary, right? I think Mary? Yep. And the police, yep, the police shoot him exactly the same way that they killed Billy in the first movie. So I probably the first and one then, stole from this one is what I'm what I'm gathering. I, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the jump scare where at the end Ricky opens up his eyes and I don't know if he's in part three or not. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. I, I looked a little bit at three and I got a little bit more for that later. Okay. So basically that was it. I, I'm going to say like for what they were tasked to do. Hey, just re-edit this footage. I'm sure it was a you know just a pay job, right? Here's some footage. Re-edit this into a new movie and deliver it to us in two weeks. And he's like, I can't do that. I'm going to need to film my own stuff. So I thought with having the backstory and having that make a little bit more sense, like I have a, an appreciation and understanding for the movie, but I still don't see the unrequited love for this movie. You're right. Um, I don't understand. It. I, I I do like this movie. But I like it because it's bad. I, I don't I couldn't say like, hey, this is a great movie, you should see it. 
Um, I would say that if someone hasn't seen one, which I, I much prefer one and I like one, you could get a good taste of one off this movie, which is, I guess, a plus if you didn't want to watch both movies, I guess. Here's one thing I will say, too, and I agree with you on that. Just watch two and you have one and two at the same time, right? Um, we should be ashamed of ourselves for rewarding this bad behavior because the studio, <laughs> the studios, right? They, they paid a guy fault. to dupe us and make it's us watch fault. the same movie again, just in a different order. Yeah. And he was, you know, had enough moralistic value to be like, well, maybe it was that or he just didn't think he could, could do it without the new footage. But they released this movie and then here we are. I have the Blu-ray. We're talking about it. Yeah. There's YouTube videos all over the place about it. Yeah. Like, and they did it to make a quick buck, yeah. which I, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they've made some money from I, it. I did have more fun recording the show about it than I did watching it. I don't know if you felt the same yes. way. Okay. Yes. Um, but, I mean, look look at uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2. They kind of did the same thing with 2, but they did it much more deftly. Uh, much, It's a much better... What was the thing uh, there? Like, the, I would also say that Part 2 is also more confusing because I can remember seeing Evil Dead 2 for the first time as a kid. And I had already seen Evil Dead One. And I was like, "What? What the fuck is right. this? Like, is it a I, remake? I couldn't tell if it was a sequel. Right, or, right, or right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Like, why would I ask go back to that cabin after what happened in the first? Right. But that's my point. It, that's my point is that yeah. they did it, but they did it a little more deftly, where it wasn't just, "Hey, here's forty minutes of Evil Dead One, and now let me throw in a little bit of Ash and his girlfriend later." Um, but it's kind of the same thing where they just repurposed one into two, done much better. I'm not. I mean, better than one, if you ask me. But um. Well, there's. N- I don't think there's a whole lot of footage from the first one and the second one, is there? No, just uh, I think a uh, no. If if there is, it's very very short. But the, but the but what they did is pretty much still the same thing. They redid, they redid number one into number two. It's the same thing they did here. They, they wanted to bring two. a better product to the table. They didn't want to re the original product. You know what I'm saying? But that was the if I if I read it correctly, that was the original goal of this one was they wanted to make him the new star and make the other part uh, a dream. You know, basically a dream sequence or the 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 delusions of a madman. You're, you're talking now about the, the project that never happened though, right? But I think that was their original intent. And then they said they couldn't do it. And they ended up just re-editing the first one. So I guess mm. Raimi did pull it off where these guys didn't pull it off would be the, would be the takeaway. So they were still stealing from Raimi anyway. Well, Raimi was stealing from them. If, if I've learned anything from this show, <laughs> Silent Night Dinner Part 2, is where everything comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But it, it was, you know, we talk about, listen, this movie was made in what, 87 I said? Nothing and sure. like it's 2023 and we're talking about lack of original ideas and yeah. you know rehashing shit and they were doing it in 87 right. they, they've been doing it for a long time i mean even if you look at you know my favorite movie the thing that was a remake of another movie so right. like this has been happening for a lot longer than we know it yeah yeah for sure it's done better by better artists yeah, you know this, what i'm saying this movie is, is- is fun, but I think it's fun for the show. It's fun for what me and you are doing, but I don't know that I would like, hey, man, you guys got to see this movie. Oh, my God. Like like when I watch Deadstream. Like hey, I man, a, y'all got to yeah. watch this. I didn't say that about this movie. Hey, man, you got to watch Silent Deadly Night Part 2. You know? I would never invite friends over and be like, let's watch Silent Night Deadly Night 2. Right, right. right. That, yeah. And that says a lot about, I think, the movie, because the ones that, like, the you know, Greasy Stinger, I've recommended to everybody. There's, there's a definite, you can have fun with the show and we can enjoy it, but there's different levels of that. And this one, I would say, is on a, a lower level than than some of the other cult classics or cult cult films that we've watched, you know? Yes. Agreed. Okay. Anything else? Are we good? I think we're good, pal. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. All right, doc, give me your good news. Uh, I'm just going to say, talk about utilizing your available resources and making a watchable product. Like 
no matter what we say, like if you were to give me that footage and tell me, you know, I've got carte blanche to film new stuff. I don't think I could have done what that guy did. Yeah. Here's <laughs> 10 days, did. 10 days to do this, 10 yeah. days to, to take this footage and make an entirely different movie with an entirely different plot line, even though it's extremely similar to the original. Like, I think he did a good job with what he had. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not movie length is the problem. He had a, he had a featurette he, or he had a, um, an, an anthology. Film. He maybe an anthology. He could have stuck two or three of these together or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I like just that take idea out all too. the flashback stuff and make a little Ricky, you know, Ricky anthology. That would have been fine. But, yeah. but yeah, I agree. I still, I still can't wrap around like how you have so much childhood trauma from an event that you would never, ever. Yeah. Have yeah. Of course. Ever. Yeah. You know, there's no way. I mean, that, the whole premise of the movie is based upon the fact that a six month old, you know, is tormented by the visions of his parents being killed by Santa Claus, which he wouldn't have remembered. It's impossible. Right. So, right. But, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of other we're stuff. Gonna, <laughs> if we're going to go along with that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we can pick apart on that. Going those those lines <laughs> in this movie for sure. True. Um, yeah. Uh, my good news is we were able to for once get a Christmas show out on short notice and before Christmas. That is my good hey, news. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Locker All right, what's your bad news? Um, the lack of direction was jilting. Yeah. Uh, and it takes you right out of the mood and, and kind of like the direction of the movie. Like, yeah. they're acting. It's not... So, Ricky wasn't menacing, scary... Or fun. Interesting, right. fun, like none of it. Like, I think because he got so much direction, he couldn't... Right. Interject a little bit of himself to make it relatable to him. Right. The character never developed. You never got a, a character to either love or hate. You just got a guy rambling for the most part. I wasn't excited when he came on screen. Yeah. You can't root for him or against him because it's just, yeah. yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I have the pretty much the same thing as you. I just, I wasn't a huge fan of his delivery during the interviews or the flashbacks. I didn't know previously, you know, until you told me. That, that about the directing issues, but I just found yep. it kind of grating and inconsistent. Um, and then again, the off-screen kills. I just, I, it just, Why? It, it just constantly Why bother? You're me. making an 80 slasher flick. You got to bring the, yeah. it, you've got to bring that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think the flashbacks brought just as much as other than the, um, go, go gadget umbrella. umbrella and the, uh, yeah. So two, two kills basically worth talking about in this movie. And they were both nonsensically yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But I shoving an umbrella through somebody's chest and then opening it and then attaching jumper cables to a guy's teeth. <laughs> yeah, it actually sound pretty good when you say it like that. I enjoy True. it more. All right, give me a schlock start. I'm still imagining myself trying to get those clamps on the teeth because I, every time I try to do it <laughs> in the battery, it like slips off. So like I'd have the positive and the negative on and then I'd turn it on and then the positive would fall off the tooth and I'd have to go grab it and stick it back on. Hopefully it doesn't touch something, make a spark and scare <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Right. Hold right. still, man. Give me your uh, schlock star rating. I'm going to say this is two films out of one amount of filmed content. <laughs> nice. Yep. Good. I almost did the same thing as you. That's funny. Sorry. Um, mine's a little bit of, a, of an estimate, but I'm going to give it a 49 out of 88 because that's about how many new minutes of footage I got. If I take out the flashbacks and the credits, I try to do a little math on that, but you're looking at about 40 something minutes, uh, give or take. In, of, in of minutes of that. Actually, Five minutes of that is credits from the original movie. So. Yeah, I didn't include the five minutes from the original movie. I took, I did only only this, but yeah. So really, okay. this is a basically a maybe TV length movie. Taking out the flashbacks, maybe with commercials. So if you could have like filmed fake commercials to make it seem like an eighties themed like TV show, that would work perfectly today. Yeah, yeah, like they did it. Like yeah, yeah, some fake like SNL, like WNUF Halloween special. Or there something. you go. Yeah. Yep. Good. There it is. Uh, 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 uh. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. 
May the best human moron win. All right, Doculator, give me your questions. So I didn't have a lot of good questions about this movie, okay. but I did notice that this Christmas didn't feel as Christmassy as other Christmases. So I just wanted to maybe try and interject for selfish reasons some questions about Christmas to see if I can get that nostalgia. Oh, do it. And yeah. I got I got a piece of trivia, Christmas trivia I just learned this week I'll give you too. Good. But, so this is basically like super simple, mostly opinionated stuff. What is your favorite Christmas time treat? As a child, not not as an adult, as I just thought about this yesterday. As a child, my parents used to get that beef stick from Hickory Farms, I think it was, or he- pe- remember there was like a store in the mall, Pepper's Farms, Pepper's yep. Farms, and you would you would slice it off and eat it on a cracker. And we only got it during Christmas. And I remember just gorging myself on that on that beef stick or beef whatever it was um, with crackers, sausage, summer sausage or whatever it's I called. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, oh, some I, cheese on there. Got a nice charcuterie board. Going. Yeah, charcuterie. Mm. Yeah, um, I, that sticks out in my in my head as a childhood favorite. Right now, I couldn't say, but do you have uh, one from yours? So obvious reasons why you don't eat it now, but it's funny mm. you mentioned that because like you know that's one of those gifts you get from people that you're not really close with, but they wanted to bring something. So yeah. they bring like the baskets, got the cheese. And the, and so I think in my pantry, I got like three or four of those sausages awesome. yeah. sitting in there. And I, you know, Amy's always like, are, are they still good? And you look at the date and it's still good for like the next 50 years. Yeah. So like, oh, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. yeah we'll be all right. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> break out, break out the Ritz. Actually, it wouldn't be the, it would, it would be Ritz. Ritz crackers I, it was usually Ritz or saltines was what I was usually eating. With. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say, man, um, I remember as a kid, my aunt introduced me to Puppy Chow. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's where they take the Chex Mix and they um, mix it with chocolate and peanut butter oh, and powdered sugar. Delicious. Oh, it sounds oh, good. I, just, I, I, I remember her bringing that out and just thinking like, is there a more perfect snack in the Oh, world? that sounds good, dude. Salt and sugar. That's, that's it. That's what salt, you Salt, sugar. You get savory, salty, chocolatey, you know, uh, oh, so delicious. You never had those before? I haven't. It sounds good. Lynn makes a fudge out of, um, and she makes her own like chocolate and everything, but she makes a fudge that has uh, pretzels and, and uh, potato chips in it, crushed up potato chips and pretzels. And it's kind you know of along weird? the same way where it's like sweet and salty and everything. So it's really good. You know what's weird about that? Hmm. It's like I've never had an invite to have some. Like, never, <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> like nobody's ever from the Stevo household is called. I will fix like, that. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. And tell you what, I will go to Popcorn Girl and I will buy you the Puppy Chow popcorn because they make the popcorn just like the Chex Mix. Oh, nice! With the chocolate, and the peanut butter, and the Delicious. powdered sugar. But they also throw in little pretzel sticks with it, so you get the hard, crunchy oh, pre- pretzels nice. with the uh, popcorn. Delicious. Delightful. Good. There we All go. Right. See, I'm already starting to feel a little. That's more good. Christmas. Yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, mine, mine aren't Christmassy, but I'll still give them to you. Um, okay. Should they have named this movie Silent Night, Deadly Night, One and a Half? <laughs> Part do. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, I was like, actually thinking of Thirty Three and a Third from Naked Gun. <laughs> One point five. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I think that would have been apropos. Yeah, my original question was: Would she? Would we have? Would should we have named this episode Three and a Half? And you stole that from me, and I had to quick thinking. I had to come up with that. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah, buddy. All right, yeah, ahead. I don't know. Give me another Christmas. Um, do you have any weird Christmas traditions? Uh, are we talking child or an adult? I guess it doesn't matter. Whatever, man. Ones you created, whatever. I mean, my, my wife has a ton of them where she takes the kids to the same place for the pictures and, you know, she does the elf and all the uh, the normal stuff. We do an advent calendar. I think for my kids, the advent calendar has been the biggest one because I, I kind of go out of my way to get like a really cool advent calendar for them. So this year it was like a Lego uh, one or something like uh, that. I even go deeper, man. This this year I got them uh, National Geographic. It's like different minerals and rocks, and you get to match them up with like try to decide which type it is. And some are geodes where you break them open 
you know, to see what's inside. He comes oh, with little that toys is and cool. stuff. Yeah, educational yeah. too. Yeah, but they they re- my kids are really into that. But yeah, in the past years, I've gotten them uh, like a Lego one. Where Just each- remember that though, when when uh, the the uh, psychiatrist is talking to your children, and they're like, "Why are you dad so angry?" Rocks. Like, my dad used to buy me rocks for Christmas. rocks for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I think one each had coal in it. Yeah, um, bullshit. One year bullshit. I got them like a, a cool Lego one where the pieces would put as you open them would put to each together, but then they would come they would combine into bigger things as you went along. At the end, you would have a nice big Lego piece. So I try to do a really cool advent calendar uh, with the kids. So that's that's my current tradition right now. I think this is the first year we didn't do anything like that with with my kids. Of course, my you're daughter's old, in yeah, college. Old. So your kids are older. Yeah. But um, have you ever heard of the Christmas pickle? No. I've heard of a pickle party. <laughs> so that was something I didn't have until I met my wife. A pickle? So you... <laughs> Barely have it now. <laughs> yeah. <it's there>. Um, <laughs> so her family has... Uh, each family, all the siblings, they all have a special Christmas pickle. And it's stored in a... Um, a mason jar with hay. So you open the mason jar and you pull the Christmas pickle out. And what did you do is you hide it on the Christmas tree with all the other ornaments. And if the first person who's able to find the Christmas pickle wins a prize. Is it wet? So like, like dry. No, it's like a just like a porcelain green pickle. Oh, I thought it was a real damn pickle. I'm like, man, it's oh, oh, dry oh, as hell. It's just like and everybody's got a different one. Now you'll know if you go to like Christmas stores or stuff, you'll see a pickle. Interesting. That's what it is. It's the Christmas pickle. So you hide it in the tree and it's green, so it blends in really well, right? And people come over and they have to search. If they know, they'll come over and search for the Christmas pickle and the first person to find it. Because we don't announce it to people. You're the first person I've told. But people come in and if they know there's a secret Christmas pickle, they find it, they're going to win a prize. Do you also Have you heard of uh, St. Nick? The old St. Nicholas, yeah. I mean, Santa? Well, that's another... Well, that's another thing I never did is Amy's family on December 5th, they put their shoes outside on the porch and the next morning they wake up and if there's sticks and stones and rocks and shit in their shoes, they need to act better before Christmas so they can get their Christmas huh. presents. But if they've been good, then they get presents and shit. It's an early warning, early warning system for early bad system. <laughs> and shitty. Uh, you're level red, Kai, so you're going to have to get your shit together or you're not going to get any presents this year, unfortunately. Interesting. I've never heard of yeah, either so of those. Yeah, so St. Nick and the Christmas Pickle. That's good. Do you ever heard of the king cake? I mean, it's not a Christmas tradition. I think it's more like Mardi Gras or whatever. But No. Uh-uh. Uh, the king cake is, I think it's. I think it might be a Hispanic thing too, but you bake a little teeny baby Jesus into a cake and then everyone gets a slice and whoever gets the little baby Jesus, you know, whatever, they're either to get good luck or they have to make the cake next year. There's There's some king cake tradition I remember from when a kid too. Um, what about the choking hazard with that? I always thought the same thing. Yeah. Plus, it's weird, like a little baby toy Jesus in your cake. But yeah, it was a thing. Probably still yeah. is. Uh, all right. I'm sure somewhere. Uh, man, I'm going to derail your nice Christmas talk with how do you think Chip ruined Jennifer's best sweater? Because she did complain that Chip ruined her best sweater. <laughs> they were out in the woods fornicating. He had uncontrollable diarrhea and no socks. Diarrhea, huh? Right. Sure. I, I jotted You're down. Saying- uh, Creme de la Pepe, but yeah, maybe maybe yours is a better one. <laughs> Some chip whip. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a little Monica Lewinsky action. All right. Uh, All right, go. You got another uh, one? Or? Yeah. Uh, do you want to watch any more Silent Night, Deadly Night movies? Well, let me give you my third question then. Can we carry on the tradition of Silent Night, Deadly Night and do part three next year? I'll, I'll say yes. You said yes when I asked you the same question on episode three as well. So I was going to hold you to it if you said no. <laughs> um, I really am you curious. Asked, so you asked to watch part three on episode three yes. of Schlocker Night. Yes. 
You didn't want to watch part two. You wanted to go straight to three. I'm sorry. I said, can we continue the tradition to watch part two? And then you said yes. So then I was going to continue the tradition this time to part three. So, it'll be, so in five more years, part three will come out. Right, right. <laughs> Um, I, I did read the the little synopsis of three, and it's like a blind lady has psychic powers and like tunes to Billy's ghost or something. So I think that might be probably what we need to watch that for sure. So okay, if I agree to that, then you have to um, agree to Amityville Toilet Bowl. <laughs> sure, done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just got notification that a pretty, it's an Amityville movie having to do with a toilet bowl. So. <laughs> Right. We'll do it on so Arbor I'm Day. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That'll be the first one you tell me to get out. I'll just turn that thing right off and never yeah. watch it again. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny. All right, good. I am really interested in doing the series, though, man. I, I like our tradition of Silent Night and Deadly Night for some reason. It, it's fun. It's good. Yeah, and I'm sure not a lot of people have seen all of them, so it should be interesting watch for us too. Cool. All right. Um, do you want to do taglines first, or I have some extra stuff too? I will do tagline time. All right. Go for it. Which one of these is from the actual movies? And which one did I come up with on my own? Doc's tagline time. Ready? Mm -hmm. The nightmare is about to begin. Dot, dot, dot. Again. All right. I'll say that's real. Okay. Prayers won't save you in the silent part of this night. I'll say that's real. Okay. Silent ones are the deadliest ones. <laughs> that night. My favorite and Doc's. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, that's glad good. to see I'm all grown up. That's good, buddy. That's a good one. Yeah. Right. yeah. Fart jokes, right? You know, right to the old Keeping it reliables. All right. Yeah. I got I got a uh I got a review and a mission statement. Um oh. first the review. This came in from uh, my good buddy Falk. I find Silent Night a Deadly Night, part two to be a better reincarnation of the original in almost every way. It adds so much new insight and, and nuance to the original story, which I found bland and tedious. So that was a, the old, the old buddy Falk there, giving his two cents. I was like, cock. I didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I got a, a surprise mission statement. First thing this morning, it was perfect timing. Check this out. Walker, huh? our friend traveling with us to the edge of the cinematic universe, a rocket ship fueled by, subpar holiday horror film and garbage day <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was awesome. yeah it's good it's been a minute since i had one a real one anyway so that was really who was cool. that that was I aaron recognize the voice. that was aaron was it yeah man you got a little bit of cold that voice is deep buddy the deep. schlock the schlock line isn't digital could have a little issue with that too <laughs> <laughs> thank you aaron yeah uh, thanks dude buddy. i haven't heard that wow it's good huh nice. yeah yeah uh, very good give me a doctor uh, my flick pick is going to be one that uh, may seem a bit odd. Have you seen the movie Eighth Grade? No, never heard of it. I would have never watched it in a million years. I heard some people talking about it. It's about it's directed by Bo Burnham, who's very talented, um, and it's about a girl on her last week of eighth grade before she goes into high school, and having raised a girl through that exact same phase, it was extremely eye opening. Man, really, to see what young girls have to deal with. And according to my daughter who watched it with me and my son who saw a couple of scenes, very accurate <laughs> of we, what it's like. Is this a, a comedy or what's the... It's funny. There's some funny parts, but it's a lot of awkward loneliness and sadness and strength and courage and, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's literally about this girl named Kyla who's her last week of 
junior high, eighth grade. She does like YouTube videos. They get one views, you know, mine. per, so per video. So like yeah. Schlocker and I. Yeah. Per- yep. Um, and she's trying desperately to make friends, but she's like I was in junior high, just not cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just your regular self, just trying to find your way. And it's really cool, and it's not cliche, and things you think are going to happen don't happen, and things you don't think are going to happen do happen, and awkward sexual encounters, and just it's it's a really good movie. And where's that really streaming? Really good. Uh, I think it was on Paramount. No, no, HBO Max. Okay, and that's something like watch with the wife type movie. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh good. Because okay. even my wife, like she's cooking dinner and she was watching, it, she was like, "Yeah." That's how it is. That's good. Okay. Like, Jesus Christ. But uh, it was just really nice to have a reference to see what somebody that age would be going through. So any fathers of teenage girls, I would highly suggest watching this movie. Good. That's really good because we've been watching like a movie a night through Christmas. So that's a good one. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I will watch like it. That one, dude. Um, we did just, just the other night. Now, this was more of a Thanksgiving flick, but I'm still going to recommend it because it's just a classic. Um, the old holiday classic, 1987 as well. Planes, Trains, Automobiles. And I hadn't seen it in years, dude. So I was like, eh, it might not hold up. It totally held up. Both the kids liked it. Lynn liked it. Uh, it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of funny. Um, I think it's just a family classic, timeless classic. Dude, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've never seen it. And last year I tr- I sat down to watch it and I turned it off. Did you not enjoy it? Or and I'm embarrassed not- to say I, I I don't quite know. I think, you know, sometimes you have to be in a certain mood for a certain movie. Totally, yes, for sure. And I just haven't found that time yet because I love both of them. I love John Candy and I love Steve Martin. Uh, It's funny because I'm getting those memes now where it shows like Steve Martin and his um, co-star from Parenthood. And it's like, this is what 40-year-olds used to look like in the 80s. And they both got like, gray hair and they're yeah. all dressed like old people and shit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm 47. And I'm looking around like, I don't look like that. <laughs> yeah. But it, back in the day, that's, you know. But anyway, um, Steve Martin and John Candy are awesome. That I movie, should watch that movie. It, it does have a little wind-up, that movie, too. So you do kind of got to get into it a bit before the before the heart kicks in or before you understand what's what the subtext of the movie is. I think it's a Hughes movie, John Hughes. So, you know, he always has some... Um, some things to say in his movies, you know, there's always some, some commentary. There's always heart to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it held up well. Uh, you know what, your movie I didn't like though. We watched the other night, uh, I, Christmas vacation, dude, that's a stinker to me. I do not like that movie. I, I've watched it like three times. I, I can't get into that. And that's one of those that if it's on, I'll watch it no matter where, where I'm at in the movie, I'll finish it all the way through. I can't, I can't do that one, man. It's just, eh, to each do you know that old lady in that movie was the voice of Betty Boop? Yeah, I do because I was looking at uh, I was looking crazy. at the actors. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. How crazy, dude! I the mean, there's, blessing, uh, dude. They want you to say the blessing. <laughs> <laughs> she she wraps her cat up. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, the, the shit we're like, uh, oh, and Ethel, you shouldn't have. She's like, did I break wind? <laughs> yeah. Still, I'm laughing, but I do not like that movie overall. Uh, I just, fair <laughs> enough. All right. yeah, I could quote that entire movie. All right, all right, let's do this. <laughs> All right, hit me. You're going to go first this time because if I I really want to see what you say. Okay, I I got a a disclaimer. I wrote this down before I watched the movie and um, I didn't have to change it, but it's schlock. Okay, because, you know, sometimes you pontificate and you try and find a workaround for a movie that I deem schlock. You try and make it a not schlock. You know, sometimes I think to shock me or to, to, to you know, you. intellectualize yeah. certain movies yeah. that I don't think 
deserve it, but you clearly do. Yeah. And so if you had said not schlock, I think I was going to just hang up this yeah. phone. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Uh, I was just going to log out of this server. Yeah. And be Never log in again. <laughs> <laughs> because our integrity would be questioned from, <laughs> from time immemorial. No one could take me seriously from this yeah. point on. <laughs> This is naughty, naughty, naughty list schlock for sure. <laughs> nice. That's good. <laughs> and the fact that it lives in that world and it's okay with that is fine too. It's fine. It's all like, okay. We need, we need that shit. It's all yeah. good. That's good, man. Um, I got a couple thanks and then we can get out of here. Uh, you got anything? All right, buddy. Thanks everybody for the uh, amazing year. Hopefully we'll get some more episodes out next year. I, uh, we're still trying for maybe two, three a month. That'd be great. And uh, if you guys want anything you want us to talk about, call the stock line. Talk to us. Sure. Send me an email, whatever you want to do. Um, I, I wanted to thank uh, our first three Patreons uh, for the New Age, Sledge, Lance, and Gene. Um, and I, I want to send that open invite out because no one's taken me up it. on it yet. If you guys want to co-host a show, guest host a show, movie of your choice, not Face Off, any other movie of your choice, those three dudes have an open invitation. Pick the movie, pick the date, and me and Doc will be there for you. Absolutely. Right on, man. Have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for doing that. That was a super fun show, and uh, all the best to you and yours. Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year. something naughty we are always caught and then we are punished punishment is absolute punishment is necessary punishment is good hey king slays the voice here patreon supporter numero uno i took the crown because i was the first one to dip into the patreon pool and support this show why did i support the show not because I'm a part of it. It's because I got value from it. And if you get value from the show, you can support for as little as $1 a month. You can follow the link at steve52.com. The show is completely funded by our Patreons. And every cent goes straight back into making this show.